From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Much to do. Let's get right into it. Uh, I heard the recording. I heard the recording actually yesterday of flight in midair where the captain made the pronouncement that you can take the face masks off. It's it's interesting when you happen to be at a certain place at a certain time when a decision has been made that takes effect immediately and you have that opportunity. I'm sure some people took the masks off and I'm sure some people left them on. But the whole point is that if you feel more comfortable with a mask, wear a mask. If you haven't liked being compelled to wear one, it's over. I don't think the Biden administration is going to appeal because after all, you can't you can't be arguing on one hand the pandemic is over and then on the other fight that it's not. I mean, this is a duplicitous, completely wholly dishonest administration, but even that is a bridge too far. So a once again showing that elections have consequences. Because let's be honest, these Democrat judges out there, they know that all this duplicitous stuff is going on. But if this came before a Democrat judge, they, they would completely suspend judgment, the rule of law, everything that their training was supposed to teach them. And they would decide politically. And you know it and I know it. Here is a Trump appointed judge, Catherine Kimball Mazel, And she goes the other way. She said, you didn't follow proper rulemaking. That you have improperly failed to justify your decision. She wrote 59 pages of reasons why. And she said the only remedy was to vacate the rule entirely because it would be impossible to end it for the limited group of people who objected to it in the lawsuit. You've got to end it for all. And then at this point, and the judge said, quote, a limited remedy would be no remedy at all. I, I think it's the appropriate decision. And again, I've respected people's wishes on this. Some people, I think some people are going to be wearing a mask for the rest of their lives, regardless I think what happened was people were introduced to something that if you have visited Japan or other places around the world, people have worn face masks for decades. So I like it like this. If you want to wear one, I'm flying in about 17 days. We'll see what the environment is like. I may wear the face mask on the plane. I don't typically wear one where and when you don't have to. I pretty much followed the rule that if you have to wear it, I do. And if you don't have to wear it, I don't. But for some reason, one day I remember 
a year or so ago when it was recommended but not required. And I went into a Walgreens and I decided, let me grab the face mask. And I wore the face mask. But I've gone in there now several times and I don't wear one. So I I think I'm going to be pretty much guided by the circumstances. I have a little bag that I take when we travel and I'll keep some in there. And if, if I'm on some plane or something close quarters and somebody's hacking up a lung or something, I I might throw a mask on. You were able to take it off. If you were going to have some beverage or eat a snack or something, you could take it off at that point. I, I remember hearing that Biden extended it until May 3rd. And I know I'm flying on May 6th. So I thought, wow, okay, then that should be over by then. So I either won't wear it or I will wear it. I can tell you that some folks close to us traveled a week or so ago. And no one was wearing the masks in the airport and nobody cared. Nobody said anything. Some people weren't even wearing it on the plane, even though it was still required by federal edict president's executive action and i was told the stewardesses were pretty much saying you know if you want to wear it wear it if you don't don't and then yesterday of course the federal judge made the ruling and people were tearing off masks in mid-flight that would have been pretty cool if it was a full plane to see because a full plane of people could be a sort of microcosm of what it will be like some people keeping them on many people taking them off my guess would be that going forward if you're on a plane i'm just going to throw a number out i don't know if it's if it's accurate somewhere between 20 percent maybe maybe a little more may wear a mask i think what a lot of people don't realize Airplanes used to get a rap for not having clean air. I forget the number, but it was like 99.9 button down clean, the air filtration. If you've flown recently, most of the presidents of the different carriers actually come on and have an audio message and tell you that, They've upgraded triple filtration and this and that. If you've been on a plane and all of a sudden, I remember the first time I saw it, I thought, what the what the heck is this? And I saw all this smoke at the top and it looked like it looked like a fire. Felt like uh, Paul Newman when they were talking about they want to stay in the party at uh, the Towering Inferno. And you got Paul Newman saying it's a fire. Good movie, by the way. I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, William Holden. Um, Paul Newman. Who else? Faye Dunaway. Richard Chamberlain. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Fred Astaire. I'll tell you, Fred Astaire is just awesome. 
Who else? Um, Bobby Brady. Mike Lookinland. He's in there. Who else? Let me see if I can keep going. Can't believe I can't believe I've named this many. Oh, Robert Wagner. And why am I forgetting um, his love interest? You would know the name. I can't think of her. He made an ill-fated mistake. He, uh, another secretary said, would you like me to keep a, a phone line open? And Robert Wagner said, nah, shut them all off. We're done. Done for the day. So nobody knew they were there. They couldn't dial out. Towering Inferno. Who's Erwin uh, Allen. So you know, you know what happened to them. The big night night. All right, let's get the first break in. I feel like calisthenics. Oh, by the way, by the way, I have a program observer who writes me every time I'm wrong about something. But I don't seem to get the email that I am right. I made a pronouncement a good week before the series began that the Sixers didn't get an easy draw with Toronto, but that the Sixers are a better team than Toronto. And you know my my Hurley doctrine is in a seven-game series, typically the better team wins. That's in basketball, baseball, but not always. So the Sixers won by 20-some points in the first game. They were up, I think, 30 when I fell asleep last night, and I woke up and they won by 15. So it was the score was like 112, 113 to 97, or 112 to 97, 15-point win. But I can promise you the score was closer. The game was much more of a blowout than the 15-point difference would, would tell you. But I haven't received anything from my program observer, who I know is listening right now. Michael, I know you're listening. By the way, very nice find at the um, Atlantic City Rescue Mission thrift store. I keep telling people all the time there are incredible deals in there. Oh, yeah. How could I forget this? Sean McGuigan comes in strong, and I do know this. O.J. Simpson in the Towering Inferno. He plays like a security guy. He comes out. He's all over the place. He comes out at the end with the cat. The lady who fell out of the elevator. Bad, bad break. But she saved this little girl, though. She pushed the little girl forward as she went out the, um, what did they call it? The scenic elevator, I think. Yeah, O.J. Simpson's in there. It is funny when you see someone where something very different happens, very bad, and all of a sudden you see them again. Like I remember O.J. Simpson running through airports at Hertz rent-a-car commercials and a lot of the things that he did. And he was as mainstream as it gets. I met him actually in my Golden Nugget office. I've met so many people there. Herb Adderley, Charles Barkley, uh, Miss America, Deborah Sue Maffitt, so many people. 
I forget his name, but a really famous soap opera star. And the list goes on and on. I mean, Sinatra, Willie Nelson, I could go on and on and on and on. If I said Herb Adderley from the Green Bay Packers, met him. But I met OJ and uh, could not have been a nicer guy. I didn't know what the future would bring, but very, very nice guy when I met him. Charles Barkley, too. All right, let's get the break in. Let's get to it. We have uh, Kirk Conover coming by at 7, Chuck Malamud at 8. Dr. Mark Newkirk for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour, open forum from 9.40 until 10.06. And I would love, I would love my program observer. Now I understand. I remember the Yankees lost uh, two games to the Atlanta Braves and then won four straight to win the World Series. So two games doesn't end the series, but I think it's very apparent I mean, I saw early on they absolutely mugged three guys, mugged Joel Embiid, took him down because they cannot match the physicality of the Sixers. The Sixers, I don't know how this is going to turn out, although I suspect the Sixers are going to win. I know one of their players can't play tomorrow in Toronto. That's a shame. That's just garbage. Uh, And that matters, but... The Sixers are clearly the better team. There's no doubt about it. And I think even the program observer, even though Don Hurley used to have the nickname program observer, I think I'll call this person, Michael, program observer two. P2 for short. P2, write me. Write me. Is Harry right? I, I want you to choke on it. You can't say it. You're like Fonzie. You just can't bring yourself to do it. But I expect during this break, I'm going to give you two minutes. I expect during this break to see something close to Harry. You're right. I know. I know it's 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 impossible almost for you to do this. You listen to the show more than I do. Come on, give give me give give me a crumb. The Sixers are better than Toronto. There's no question about it. Unless P two says differently, then there's one question about it. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you why Apple is phoning it in next. After 9-11, Ben Harrow couldn't wait to enlist in the Army. But in Afghanistan, Ben stepped on an IED while leading an anti-terrorism mission. Ben survived, but lost both of his legs above the knee, two fingers, and sustained injuries to his right forearm. Ben now lives in a smart home from the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which gave him back his independence despite his severe physical challenges. Help heroes like Ben. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T. So Apple's pregnant man emoji is officially on the iPhone. The nice thing is it comes in every ethnicity, so people of all races can tell the world they failed biology. Come on, man, this is ridiculous. And I say that as a man who looks pregnant half the time. But the bottom line is I can't get pregnant because no biological male can. But Apple created this emoji anyway to placate the woke brigade who love to put feelings over facts. Now, in the overall scheme of things, you might say, hey, what's the big deal? It's just an emoji. But that's exactly how they make this kind of thing acceptable. You put it on everybody's phone, make it an acceptable form of discussion, and the next thing you know, I've got to miss a football Sunday to go to a baby shower that doesn't even involve a woman. 
The point I'm trying to make is when a child is born and someone puts a stork on the front lawn of that house that says it's a boy, they're talking about the child, not the parent. And anyone who tells you otherwise is completely phoning it in. I'm Jimmy Fallon. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, it's 25 minutes past the hour. I don't see us doing it today, but sometime soon I would like to do an hour on what you feel is either the best disaster movie ever made or your favorite. Favorite doesn't have to be. We all, I think, like things that aren't considered like masterpieces or, you know, works of art or whatever. Uh, if I had to throw out a short list, I really love Towering Inferno. I think I like the cast. I love the beginning when the helicopter, Paul Newman's flying on the helicopter. It's really fantastic. Um, of course, Poseidon Adventure. And when I say Poseidon Adventure, I mean Poseidon Adventure with Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine, and... The rest, Shelley Winters, Red Buttons, Ernest Borgnine as uh, Rogo is just fantastic. And, of course, uh, Gene Hackman as Ernest Borgnine called him Preacher. Let's see. What other ones? Poseidon is good. That's Kurt Russell and some other recognizable people. Uh, let's see. A lot of them. Erwin Ir Allen catalog alone. Tell you what, sometime if you access your TV by the remote, just talk into your remote and say Erwin Allen movies. And he put some good stuff together. Some old stuff and some more retro 70s type stuff. That'd be a fun topic, though. Because there's quite a few. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't remember because time is just going so fast. I think it was pre-pandemic. Could have been during the pandemic, though. I watched one of the airport movies. And then I just got on like a roll and I watched them all. They're really good movies. George Kennedy in every single one of them. The only one. A lot of them are in more than one, but he is in all of them. They're, they are very good. That'd be a fun topic. I'd like to do that. 28 minutes past the hour. Got a lot of email and social media comments, uh, messenger type comments to me on the face mask thing a lot of agreement that this is good that we're we are where we are see part of returning to normal is getting back to normal and you can't be you can't be normal if you have all these emergency things in place and again you can't lead by saying that we've gone from pandemic to endemic but then you keep all these things in effect The State Department is weighing, designating Russia as a state sponsor of terror. What are you waiting for? What are you, what are you weighing? You know, at some point, you got to be Reagan-esque and just have the guts to be strong and to lead.
Do you think Reagan uh, fretted over when he was bankrupting the Soviet Union, bringing them to their knees? He led. They are a state sponsor of terror. And when you say it, it puts in place a number of restrictions. And we'll tell you about those right after the bottom of the hour break. We'll be back. It's 30 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Before we go to this break, this is almost a if you would like to golf. I realize it's only April 19th, but if you want to golf in the 15th annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open, which is set and ready to go for Friday morning, June 24th, first time ever, fourth Friday, not third Friday. And that just couldn't be helped. We wanted to keep Linwood Country Club as our home. We loved the job that they did. And our players loved being there. And the 19th is forevermore going to be their member event. So we couldn't do it. I shouldn't say the 19th, the third Friday. So we couldn't do it on the third Friday. So the decision was there were a lot of places that won our tournament, but we want to be there and they want us and we want them. And so I made the decision it would be better to move it to the fourth Friday than than to have to leave. There was no choice. It was one or the other. Keep the date and go somewhere else or move the date and stay where we are. So we opted to... um, to move it the way the calendar is this year the 24th is a really early date possibly by the calendar the earliest date that the fourth friday can appear on the calendar i mean we've had it as late as the 21st i think if the first friday is the first then the third friday would be the 21st we've had it that late three days later i i think that's really no big deal at all Uh, But now we are testing the weather gods because we are moving from the sanctuary of our third Friday. And you don't know. You don't think you know me. I'm going to be thinking about it when it's the third Friday and it's beautiful. And I'm thinking we should be out there right now and then then have to hope. And, you know, hope is not a strategy. Hope that the fourth Friday doesn't rain. We've got a we've got a a string, a track record to keep. Fourteen straight years. Our event has not had rain. That's for me, we're probably due to get five years in a row crushed. Because how does I mean, how does that how does that happen? We're very blessed. All right, we'll be back. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Thank you. It's Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Amazon employees are filing for union representation here in New Jersey. We've got the story. Meet Gentleman Joe Girallo, your Atlanta County clerk, and Johnson's Popcorn, an Ocean City, New Jersey staple since 1940 this and i promise you 
So much more on your WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. With last night's wet and windy weather getting out of the way, our weather will be much quieter and more seasonable for the rest of the week. Lots of sunshine for today. It'll still be breezy with a high of 55. Clear tonight, low of 37. And then more sunshine for the rest of the week. 60 Wednesday and Thursday, near 70 by Friday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now. Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. So what you have to do with Russia is you got to keep just tightening the screws. Sanctions against Putin's kids. All kinds of issues making it tough for them to even put through a financial transaction. And you have to say that they are a state sponsor of terrorism. They're committing genocide. They're committing war crimes. They're violating everything. CNN, oh, no, no, this is solely reserved for Iran, North Korea, Cuba, and Syria. Why? Why? Because you jackasses say so? No, I don't agree with that. Put them in. We're not allowed to call them what they are. Quote, this is a tool that remains in our toolbox. And of course, we continue to look at all available measures. If you look at the practical implications of what that designation would be, we have pretty much put into place all those measures already. So Matt Miller, the National Security Council senior advisor, Once again, it's this administration. They're duplicitous. They always want to have their cake and eat it, too. Oh, we're basically doing it anyhow. Everything we're doing is this. Then call it that. They admit how weak they are by their squishy foreign policy. Yeah, it's a tool in our toolbox. It remains. Hey, look, if you look at what we're doing, we're basically everything... That would happen to you if you are designated as a state sponsor of terror. We're already doing. So what's it again? A distinction without a difference? With a difference? We're doing it, but we're not going to call it what we're doing it. This was encouraging, and we need more people like this. I don't know anything about this individual's record other than... I did some reading on a particular comment that he made, and this is Congressman Fred Keller. He spoke out about the weekend shootings at a Pittsburgh house party, and he said, people are to blame, not guns. Quote, we focus on the actions and not the instruments that people use to commit these crimes. He's a Pennsylvania Republican House member. Quote, We need to look at how we hold people accountable for what they do and let them know we're serious about enforcing our laws. I mean, that's that's been a Hurley doctrine forever. People, not the gun, 
the person, not the inanimate object, not at all. Oh, what a surprise. And we wrote about this um, late last week. Migrant crossings spike as U.S. plans to lift Title 42. You do, you do understand people are waiting. Joe Biden telegraphed when this takes place. And they are just waiting to be able to come right through. In the month of March, the number of illegal crossings totaled 209,906. That is an all-time high. But you ain't seen nothing yet. This is with certain things in place. Mm. You know the term they use, I don't like it, but they use it, called gotaways. We don't even know. The number we have, I promise you, this much I know, it's understated. In my opinion, it's understated by a whole lot. I just have no way of telling you by how much. But if you hear that there's two million illegals in our country since Joe Biden has been president, I would have to say it's got to be three million. There's just no on purpose. They're doing nothing. How I don't know how they sleep at night. If that was my job, if that border was my job, I, I, I would I don't even know. I'd be in a padded room. I wouldn't know what to I wouldn't know what to do because you couldn't do enough. They don't do anything. I wouldn't be able to do enough. I wouldn't be able to sleep. They're getting in all over the place. And this is exactly what Biden and the Democrat socialists who want to create the permanent majority. This is exactly their plan. It's 45 minutes past the hour. We'll be back. Kirk Conover joining us in about 20 minutes. Chuck Malamut at eight. Dr. Mark Newkirk, I saw and I, I guess I'm not surprised, but I saw the ticks are already over the top. And it's early. I don't know what that means. Does it necessarily mean it's going to be heavier than usual? I don't know what it means, but I know it's earlier than usual. Something you definitely want to keep an eye out for because you don't want to have Lyme's disease. You do not want that. There's other things that can happen as well. 609-407-1450. We'll have some open forum in the 9 o'clock hour. We are jam-packed until then. Kirk Conover at 7, Chuck Malamon at 8, Dr. Mark Newkirk in the first half of the 9 o'clock hour. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Just wrote a note because I do want to get a comment from Kirk Conover next hour. Biden shakes hands with the air. Also spoke 
I'm writing this to an imaginary friend. No, we're not in trouble. Well, I'll tell you what. You you just replace the goings-on of the past, whatever it's been, year and a half, and, and flip that and say that was Trump shaking hands with the air. I mean, the, the media would be the, – the when I tell you there would be millions of stories, not not – not tens of stories and hundreds and thousands, millions of stories outlining it all. They would be breaking it down. They would be in a loop. They'd be showing it. Oh, it would be it would be never ending. And as uh, Biden flops, Obama reemerges. All of a sudden, the one is everywhere. He was at the White House, as you know, Um He's got uh, the Netflix series on the national parks. That that's that's an amazing partnership that the Obamas have forged with Netflix. He's been touching on the Russian war with Ukraine and busy month. April has been a busy month for the one. See how you like this. This is de facto resignation that that this is what they should have been doing the whole time. Why only now? The Biden administration is going to offer oil and gas companies drilling rights on federal land. What do you know? That'll be in eight states in June, and sale notices were published yesterday. So we're not making this up. Isn't that interesting? If you go back to the campaign... And to the early executive orders of Joe Biden with him talking about how he's putting the the oil industry out of business. The U.S. Bureau of Land Management, which is part of the Interior Department, said yesterday it will offer 137. I don't know why I said 137, 131,771 acres of land to oil and gas companies in Wyoming. That's the largest planned sale. Incidentally, it had originally evaluated auctioning more than 550,000 acres. So they cut it back a whole bunch. Wyoming sale is set for June 21, June 22. It will account for more than 90% of the 144,000 acres that the agency will offer during the month of June. And then you have Colorado, Utah, Montana, Nevada, and there will be acreage offered there as well. So not bad, not bad. Not bad for the administration that said that they would never do this. In fact, they were doing the opposite. They were making it impossible, even though we have the ability to be energy independent. Take this, uh, take from this what you will. A Shawnee State University professor who refused to use the preferred pronouns of a biologically male student You can tell these things take a long time. 
This was back in 2018. He won $400,000 from the school in a legal settlement. And this happened last week. Philosophy professor Nicholas Merriweather is also now permitted to use or avoid using titles or pronouns when referring to or addressing students as part of the agreement. The university is also rescinding a warning it issued to him more than three years ago. So he sued and he won. The 6th District U.S. Court of Appeals ruled in March of 2021 that the university, which is located in Ohio, across from the Ohio River, from Kentucky, did indeed violate Merriweather's free speech rights, even after he offered to use any name the student requested instead of titles and pronouns. Quote, this case forced us to defend what used to be a common belief, that nobody should be forced to contradict their core beliefs just to keep their job. Dr. Merriweather, quote, went out of his way to accommodate students and treat them all with dignity and respect. Yet his university punished him because he wouldn't endorse an ideology that he believes is false. You see how if you don't, we say this in so many different ways. If you don't agree with them, they crush you. You have to agree with them no matter what it is. The university maintains its official statement that it denies, quote, anyone at Shawnee State deprived Dr. Merriweather of his free speech rights or his rights to freely exercise his religion. Oh, yeah? Well, then why are you writing a check for $400,000? Liars. Always remember the expression, and you'll, you'll have it all figured out neat and tidy. Liars who lie about lying. That's our country right now. Elon Musk, I'll tell you what. He, he is, it's not just his money. He is a formidable dude. He's exposing Twitter's liberal media hypocrisy as we speak. You can tell shareholders, if they could vote, come on, a stock that's at like, well, before it went down even more, a stock that's at like 30 and he offered 54 something a share. Shareholders would vote for it, but not the board. And he did another thing that I thought was just spectacular. He announced that if he gets the company, board members will not get paid. Now, I don't know about Twitter, but I'm telling you right now, the position of board member, it's one of the biggest, incredible scams in our country the amount of money that these board members make is staggering check it out sometime i i once looked up what the um win resorts board of uh, directors makes 
These boards of directors, oh my goodness. They make a ton. You make a beautiful full-time living being a board member. And if you notice, senators leave office and members of the House, and they go to these boards. And then they give their speeches, and they serve on these different boards. Kirk Conover, the former assemblyman, is going to join us next. This is South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG. Talk Radio 95.5. I'm Hurley in the Morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95. Thank you, and we need it. We need the extra minute. It's six minutes past the hour. This is good. This is very good, ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend, Assemblyman Kirk Conover. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, Harry. Always a pleasure to be on your program. Thank you. And you are on Hurley in the Morning, and this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ladies and gentlemen, tell a friend, all because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk station. Kirk, let me ask you to comment on uh, on um, Elon Musk. I am fascinated by he's playing three-dimensional chess on a board of checker players, and you have Twitter all in a fritter, and they're, they're, they, they drop the poison pill in. They, they want to stop Musk. Uh, for those who don't know what a poison pill is, it's either to stop someone from buying, but, but to be fair, many times it's, it's a point of negotiation as well. But I don't think it is a point of negotiation with Elon Musk because he's done a couple of things here. Number one, he said he wants to make this a free speech type of platform. That That is like anathema to these um, political trolls and creatures. So that's – you know that's no go with that. And he said yesterday board members will not get paid. Oh, my gosh. He's pushing every Kirk. He's pushing every button you can push, isn't he? Oh yeah, and uh, rightfully so. I think when history's written, he's going to go down as the most creative disruptor in the history of uh, America. Uh, look at what he's done, uh, you know, to, with Tesla and the space program. I mean, basically, you know, he's eclipsed. Uh, Henry Ford and uh, Warner von Braun as uh, what you know is referred to by economists as creative destruction. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate because we were paying, and we still are to some extent, but we had to pay Russia huge. I don't think people realize every time they bring an American astronaut to this International Space Station or back home, the millions and millions of dollars. So now we don't we don't need them. I mean, if they don't want to be collegial, they say they want to pull out of the International Space Station. Uh, before, that would have been a big, big problem. We would have had people trapped or we would have had no way to get new people there or get supplies there. Uh, fortunately, what Musk has done 
I agree with you. I like that description. He he is a disruptor, but in the best sense of the word. He's not a rebel rouser. I mean, there's a point to what he's doing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Twitter should be uh, a free speech platform. And how they got into this idea that they're going to regulate, uh, they are the deciders of what people say is beyond me. But Well, once again, all roads lead to Trump uh, because Twitter was free. But Twitter and Facebook and these other platforms, Instagram, which Facebook owns, they they saw how incredibly unprecedented effective President Trump was in the election of 2016. And I think you'll back me up on this. I said at the time they will never allow this to happen again. Oh, yeah, he that, that you know, that that 2016 election was a. Uh punching the gut to the power elite to think they he used their platforms to his benefit and it was so distasteful to them right and you talk about poison pill i mean that's a a powerful way to fight back against a a takeover basically what it says is that they authorize existing um, shareholders to buy more stock at a discounted discount from from the market price so therefore you know they'll create more uh stockholders and more shares and and make it tougher for musk to to accumulate what he would need to to take over he's still at nine percent or 9.2 percent he's the highest stakeholder which i think is pretty interesting so they can't you know they'd love to deplatform him, but I don't think they would dare try. So he's actually been putting stuff up on their platform, critical of them. Here's what I think. I think you have a fiduciary obligation. He wants to take it private, but they're public. You have a fiduciary obligation. If your stock is worth 30 and he offers 54 and change, you're deserving your shareholders if you don't, one, take that or at least seriously consider it. And if you don't take it, you have to have a tremendous reason for why your shareholders don't deserve a 20-some dollar per share premium. Yeah, and even if he doesn't succeed in a full takeover, I mean, I just saw the price go across right now. It's $48. So he's he's benefited all the shareholders tremendously just by you know, his actions. So his 40 million, I'm sorry, $40 billion investment, what did he pick up? Like over $10 billion in a week? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But yeah, it's a, you know, back, you know, 20 years ago, they went, or I don't know when Twitter started, but you and I spoke uh, many times about how uh, the internet and all these alternatives to uh, newspapers and the mainstream media outlets, how important they were to the average person, the, the candidates, and, and anybody that has an opinion. It was a way to get around the, the bias and the censorship of the mainstream media. And now they've fallen right into place, you know, with these uh, regulatory 
self-imposed regulatory schemes where they regulate free speech, you know, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and uh, Twitter, and Google. And, you know, they once were the heroes of uh, being able to get your message out and uh, having an unbiased uh, platform. But, uh, you know, with, with the time and power comes, you know, they fall in the line and they're just, they're no better than, uh, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post and, and the Alphabet Networks as far as, you know, what they allow and who's allowed to speak. And it's really a step backwards. A big and, step and Kirk, back. I don't have the exact quote on me, so I'll paraphrase it, but I did read it exactly um, verbatim last week when we when we talked about it the washington post which says truth dies in darkness which is so hilarious because they're so incredibly dishonest but they have the audacity i put side by side the editorials that were written when bezos took over the washington post and it was like a triumph for humanity uh that's a billionaire taking over the washington post and musk if he were to take over Twitter, they wrote about it as the end of the world. This is how completely duplicitous and dishonest they are. And, you know, just to reiterate how important uh, having these free platforms be free speech and unbiased uh, is, I mean, the basis of a free society is free speech, the free exchange of ideas, the, the freedom to assemble and talk about things and not be, you know, rousted and put into jail because you're, you have an opinion. Uh, all these uh, foundational concepts that our founding fathers put into the Constitution, it's the reason we uh, became the freest and wealthiest society in world history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it wasn't by accident. It wasn't like, okay, we got a big piece of real estate here that's full of, uh, you know, resources, and that's why we're, we're rich. We're rich because, as a, as a country, we're, we're wealthy and powerful and free because of the concepts that our founding fathers understood. Uh, from their oppression by the British... Uh, and the, you know, the writings of John Locke and natural law and, and uh, Adam Smith, uh, the first uh, real economic treatise, you know, they had all these influences and their own experiences. So they put together the, the concepts and the building blocks, and that's why having the these big platforms be unbiased and be free speech zones is so important to maintaining um, our country as as the free nation. And what we have to guard against is because these platforms didn't exist, if you interpret the Constitution and our right of, you know, to peaceably assemble and to right of free speech and all these things, they're infringing upon that using technology in order to be able to ghost you or deplatform you or to otherwise censor what you do or to take your messages and make them seen by fewer people or to put some sign over your message saying that it's not true or that it's partly true and that they're the arbiters of truth. I mean, it's so it's so blatantly scary and wrong. And yet in their twisted world, comment on this after the break, Kirk, in their twisted world, 
the Afghan terrorists, the Taliban, Putin, Xi, Kim Jong-un, the Iran uh, mullahs, they all have their platform, but yet on their on their social media platforms, these bad people are allowed to be heard. They've allowed Russia to actually use these platforms during the war against Ukraine to do propaganda, to communicate. I mean, it's unbelievable. And yet President Trump and others are deplatformed. I'd like you to comment on that when we come back. It's 18 minutes past the hour. It's early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here's my friend, Sean Hannity. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. These same politicians that are all gung-ho, they want to start a war. They won't fight the war to win the war. They're afraid of angering Putin. And just like they wouldn't support a no-fly zone for the very same reasons, now we're involved in a shooting war with Vladimir Putin. And does that then, you know, become the impetus for World War III? No, Zelensky's been very clear, is that if you provide him the weaponry, the Ukrainian people will fight this battle themselves, and they've shown that they can win. If we're going to provide them anything, we can provide them training, we can provide them intelligence, certainly missile defense systems and air defense systems, offensive weaponry and defensive weaponry like javelins, stingers, tanks. And I think that's the way the world needs to go. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-350-8989. That's 1-800-350-8989. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-350-8989. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. So, Kirk, what do you think about that? I mean, I don't think enough attention is put on the fact that all of these heinous murderers and dictators and despots, they are all able to put their content up. Some of it very dangerous, actually, on these platforms But yet President Trump, the immediate past president of the United States, is deplatformed, banned. Well, it just shows the the mindset of the owners, managers, uh, proprietors of these these big platforms. I mean, you know, 5,000 years of recorded history, the norm has been the world's run by – dictators, despots, uh, kings and queens, and not uh, free societies. And, you know, it, it goes to show you what their mindset must be. 
the power elite has always wanted to uh, clamp down on the United States, clamp down on our freedoms, because they truly believe that they know better than we do uh, how to run uh, our society. And it's it's just indicative of, um, you know, the, the power elite, they, they want to, you know, Bezos buying the Washington Post, and I think he, he undermined, uh, you know, I think he took Drudge out of the picture, uh, you know, probably bought him out and, and made that platform a, a left-wing uh, piece of <laughs> awfulness. <laughs> but, yeah, it shows their, their mindset. You know, they want to uh, encourage, you know, basically a, a, a top-down uh, society, a centrally planned economy and, and so forth. And it's all because that's what the power elite have always done. Go back historically, we talk about the Fed a lot, uh, the <clears throat> Federal Reserve Bank. Right. Andrew Jackson, President Andrew Jackson, abolished the Central Bank of the United States because he didn't want the power elites of Europe controlling our economy, controlling our society, having any influence over our free society. Without us really knowing, Kirk, but sort of feeling like we know what we know, even if we're wrong, Andrew Jackson seems very similar to President Trump. Oh, my. Absolutely. That, you know, I, I thought that the moment uh, Trump came down the escalator, I'm thinking, this guy is... I mean, to use your term, both were disruptors. Both were America first. Both didn't like all that central government kind of stuff. I don't think Trump is a big fan of the Federal Reserve uh, and a central bank. I mean, they are, I think they're similar on. Now, of course, Andrew Jackson was, was he a, he was a general, correct? He reached the rank of general. Um, So that he served in the military. Trump did not. But obviously, Trump was extremely pro-military. Very similar, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, Andrew Jackson's supporters were basically derided as, you know, rabble-rousers. You know, they made a big deal. And uneducated, right? Right. In the newspapers about how they, you know, he invited everybody into the White House and how they came in with their muddy boots and made the place a mess, you know, so... Even back then, you know, there was uh, an Boydy. attempt to, yeah, yeah, make, look down their noses at the at the people that elected a president, and you know that's what <laughs> that's what we've experienced as Trump supporters since 2015. Uh, but yeah, it's the power elite; they're always lurking. They've always been trying to grab back uh, total control, and. You know, in the United States, basically, we always see these pendulum swings. You know, you see the the left wing um, make some progress, and then people wake up and realize that the progress really isn't progress. They're taking us backwards, like the situation we've been in since Biden was uh, inaugurated. Uh, the country's going backwards in so many fronts. And the pendulum swings back. You know, you had um, the lefties you know, really running the roost uh, in the 70s and then swung back uh, to Ronald Reagan and he initiated the, the great 
decade of, of uh, small business, free, free market prosperity. So, yeah, it's, uh, we've always managed to fight back. And I think uh, we're starting to see that right now. Uh, the left has basically taken over the Democrat Party. It's no longer your parents' Democrat Party. It's basically a party of power, power elites, uh, want, wanting to have big government control your life. And um, I think people are waking up. They're sick of it. The polling shows that Hispanics and, uh, and and black people are migrating to the Republican Party in great numbers. Uh, and that's going to really swing uh, the country back uh, to the traditional roots of Republicanism, which is, you know, the, the state powers that aren't given to the federal government by the states are retained by the states. And that's how we maintain our long-term freedom is by having this structure of federalism where the states are basically 50 laboratories of, uh, you know, for various policies. And, and that's, you know, if you don't like it in one state, you move to another. Like people are moving out of New Jersey, New York, and California and going to South Carolina, Florida, and Texas because we have this ability to have the states be some, you know, much freer than others. And uh, that's that's the way the founding fathers wanted it. And uh, Kirk, let's get the bottom of the hour break in. I loved your message. I really loved that comment. Uh, that is exactly right. It sounds like an opinion, but really, you cited fact. It's it's provable what you what you shared. When we come back, the Biden administration. My oh my, how the worm turns. The Biden administration will offer oil and gas companies drilling rights on federal land. Kirk, is this not de facto resignation? Now, there's always an emergency. We're going against our own principles. But but they're not really explaining uh, how they can go against what they earlier said. I'm not complaining, but I'm merely pointing out that this is really something to behold. I want to get your take on their plan for June oil and gas drilling auctions, something that Joe Biden is a candidate and uh, during the entire presidency thus far, the, the, the disaster of the past year and a half has taken completely off the table. And in fact, they, they implemented hostile policies towards energy. Your comments on that, Kirk Conover, next. With Kirk, I am Harry. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. I am Hurley in the morning. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. At 31 minutes past the hour, I'm still Hurley in the morning with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Amazon employees have filed for union representation in New Jersey. We have the details. Meet Gentleman Joe Girallo, your Atlanta County clerk. He's a real prince of a guy. Uh, check that out. It's, it's, a, it's a good story. And Johnson's Popcorn, which I admit I love. Johnson's Popcorn and Ocean City, New Jersey staple since 1940. From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman, and for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow, when it comes to the weather in South Jersey, there won't be much to talk about for the next five or six days, and that's a good thing. Sunshine today, breezy with a high of 55, clear tonight down to 37, and then a gradual warm-up begins. Sunshine Wednesday and Thursday with a high of 60, 
and we'll be around 70 by Friday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's talk station. Today. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM. 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. All right, thank you. Great one. Chris Coleman has agreed to undertake the assignment because I, I'm sure there's an obscure weekend show or some things. I just I think I know every single program in the lineup. I should, right? I'm the senior programming consultant for the station. But Chris is program director. I asked Chris the other day, I said, Hey Chris, I said, I think that we have at least 15 of the Talkers Magazine 2022 top 100 most important talk radio hosts in America. I mean, Sean Hannity is one. Mark Levin is three. Uh, Brian Kilmeade is four. And if I just keep going, I, I know that Mark Lee and Van Camp are in there. Uh, we're in there. Um Joe Paggs is in there, top 10, by the way. Awesome guy, too. Deserves all of his success. And his his show, um, he is just ramping up affiliates. He's well over 100 and some now, which is terrific. Um, who else? Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Bill O'Reilly. He's in there. I mean, I could keep going. I think... I think we've got 15, maybe more, of the uh, of the top 100. It's got to be out of all the different, um, and especially when you consider a metro market station, it's got to be uh, a record or a near record. Uh, anyhow, Kirk, um, the question on the floor, and your mic is on, Kirk, is the president has approved for drilling on federal lands this is not lost on me is it on you no uh it's a quiet backtrack but like, like everything they do it's not adequate the industry uh, the oil and gas export industry wanted five times that amount they wanted over 500,000 acres, which was on the table. And, of course, Biden can't do that because that might look like he's actually in favor of oil and natural gas exploration. But the reason they wanted five times more is not every one of these leases is going to be a productive um, oil field or, or a natural gas field. Uh, might not be in, located in the right place. The other thing they're, they're not publicizing is the fact they're raising the Federal royalty from twelve uh, percent to eighteen percent, which means it's going to cost a lot more money. You know, once, once these things become productive, and another point is they're not approving the infrastructure uh, to get the oil and natural gas from these productive fields into the marketplace. If the oil and, and natural gas uh, uh, companies all tangled up in regulations trying to build the pipelines and everything to, to get the the product out in, in you know to the refineries so it's 
it's uh, a half baked, uh, half a loaf. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know the right uh, metaphor, but the Kirk, I agree with everything you're saying. But what a reversal of a failed philosophy of governance. But they won't say it. What they say? Well, it doesn't matter if they say it. Uh, they wouldn't do it before, and now they're doing it. So it does to me. It doesn't matter. If they say it, it's de facto resignation to what we could have been and what we were before they got in. I I think just opening this up to these eight states, I think it doesn't matter what they say. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't because, uh, you know, there's going to be some progress on, on the oil and natural gas front. Well, and they're allowing something that they are ardently opposed to, which means it must be right. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for them to admit that we're going to need uh, gasoline and and diesel powered vehicles forever. Well, now they that they now don't get crazy now. You know, no, 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 no. no. They'll never go that far. Please, you need a sixty one thousand dollar, and that's cheap. My goodness, I have people now sending me these different electric vehicles that are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I saw one that was 160 some thousand and I thought, wow. Then I got ones that were many, many hundreds of thousands. Kirk, when we come back, I want to get your take on the following. The president of the United States was speaking just a couple of days ago. I watched him. I just happened. It was a fortuitous moment. I was meant to see this. I was meant to see it in real time there is something about seeing something in real time when you see it for the first time nobody told you hey go look this up something happened where do you see it i saw it happened i'm gonna make a prediction you know where i'm going right now i can tell you know where i'm going right now i feel it i feel the aura of kirk understanding where i'm going now so the president is speaking speech ends he turns to his right no one is there He sees someone, though. He sees someone. Someone should ask him, who did you, whose hand were you shaking? Who did you see? I saw his eyes, and he was shaking the air. He was handshaking the air. Then I see the president on the the front lawn of the White House with the Easter Bunny. And Biden, President Biden, is at the rope line. He's talking to people behind the line. And you can't hear him, but it is, it is um, the audio is available now. He's talking to them about Russia, Ukraine. All of a sudden, the Easter Bunny pushes the president away. And the president ends his conversation because the Easter Bunny, who knows if it was Kamala Harris inside that suit? I don't know who was in there. If it was Ron Klain. But the Easter Bunny took Biden away. And finally, up on the balcony, you have Joe Biden and Joe Biden with two Easter Bunnies, one on each side, up on the balcony. And Jill Biden, it's all on audio, video, has to tell the president to wave. She's waving. He's not because he's incoherent. He's not present. He's unwell. 
and she had to tell him to wave. I want to get your take on how dangerous this is when we come back. These are not just anecdotal uh, freak incidents. You know, someone's distracted, thinking about something very deep and just not aware. I mean, this is this is a regular daily occurrence with Kirk Conover. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Mark Levin. So Joe Biden wants Trump prosecuted. Joe Biden says Fox is one of the most destructive forces in the U.S. Joe Biden says Rupert Murdoch is the most dangerous man in the world. So Joe Biden wants his political opponents, ideological opponents, people who don't agree with him. He wants them silenced and or thrown in jail because Joe Biden has a pea brain. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. That's right. You did that all because of you. It's 52 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is on deck. Dr. Mark Newkirk for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour in my show prep. I found out that the ticks are heavy already, and it's only April. So I don't know what that bodes for um, going forward when it even gets warmer. Because this has been crazy. I mean, yesterday it was 34 degrees when we came into Broadcast Center. It's been really up and down all over the place. And uh, keep the keep the hatches buttoned down because it's going to be pretty windy today as well. Uh, so, Kirk, we, we mentioned right before the break, President Biden, and within the last couple of days, shook hands with the air, talked to the air, was in a rope line, and the Easter Bunny took him out of the rope line because he was having a conversation they don't want him to have, whoever, quote, they are, because he refers to they don't want me to do this. They are going to be mad at me. They don't want me, you know, this and that. So then he had to be prompted by Jill Biden to wave from the balcony with the Easter Bunny. This is no joke. And this is exactly what we talked about, that... We're going to hit a point in time where this can't be ignored anymore, Kirk. Where do you think we are with with this obvious declination of the president's mental acuity? Well, it's, uh, you know, when I first saw that clip about, you know, he was looking for a hand to shake and then shook the air, I thought, well, Somebody was supposed to be there, and they're not there, and uh, it's taking them off guard. <clears throat> but then when you look at you know, the, the befuddled uh, expressions on his face as he turns away and turns in the other direction, he's still looking for somebody to shake hands with. So it's all adds up to me is that's one of the signs of dementia. You have hallucinations. I remember when my, my mother was in Absecan Manor and she had uh, dementia, the, the nurses told me she kept talking about, you know, seeing horses and, and goats and this and that on out the window. And they're saying that's hallucinations. It's all part of it. It is. We did, we, least, Kirk, we did a whole piece on that yesterday. It, it's absolutely a part of it. And do you think, I mean, is it this important that the media, I mean, just flip if Trump was the president and the, the, all these things were going on, they they would be calling up the 25th Amendment 
I mean, dialing, dialing it on speed dial. It, they would be incessantly reporting about this. Yeah, well, they were always saying that he should take a cognitive test, you know, and he's he's deteriorating and he's, you know, obviously sharp and there's there was no deterioration. But this guy is just a vessel, you know, uh, a hologram, and they've got to keep him in because the powers behind the scene, whether it be Ron Klain or uh, Susan Rice or whoever, you know, it might be Obama behind the scenes, who knows? Oh, I think I think Barry's in there. Yeah, I think Barry Sotero is uh, is is a big part of the third term of Obama. Uh, I think they have to keep him in because they do not want Kamala Harris to be president. That's a big dilemma. You know, they they don't want her. I mean, I'm rooting for Joe. I, I this is sick, but I think I'll take cognitively damage Joe over Kamala Harris. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's well, twist that is twisted. I know. That statement is, is it is yeah. laughable. She's she's risen to her position uh for all the wrong reasons. Uh she's just, you know, figured out how to, you know, work the system and, and get in with the right people who've pushed her right up the ladder because she has Will, Willie Brown got her in as attorney general, and then she gets the Senate seat. And the next thing you know, she gets less than 1% in the Democratic primary, is knocked out of the Democrat side of the equation before even the election year. And the next thing you know, because Joe Biden makes a pledge that he will only pick an African-American female as his running mate, she loses her way to the number two spot in the country, this is this is fantastical. And it's very disturbing. I mean, picking people for the Supreme Court for vice president based on their appearance, I mean, that's, that's absolutely uh, the wrong way to, to run a railroad, so to speak. And it's, it's, um, it shows, I mean, she has shown no intellectual... Uh, capability of paying on anything that's been put on her plate. And she also, the re- another reason they, they don't want anything to do with her is the early doctrine, the likability factor. Yeah. She's not likable. So she could never get elected. Uh, you know, that's, technically she was elected vice president. But people were voting for, for Biden maybe fraudulently, but they were voting for Biden, not her. Let's put it this way. Let's just say Biden got whatever it was, 84 million. I think Trump got like 81, whatever it is. Say Biden got 84 million and and just say that everything was on the up and up, although we know it wasn't. And we know that they had everything from ballot harvesting to these perfect ballots that were never folded. That's impossible for a ballot to arrive unfolded because you have to mail it in. So anyhow, uh, and they had big stacks of these perfect ballots that were pristine, unfolded sheets of paper. I kept saying, why does anybody question that? How do you get those many? Maybe you have one that was hand-delivered by a messenger, but even those are folded and put in envelopes. A messenger ballot, and there's a whole signature you know, process that has to be done. Final, final minute, if Biden got $84 million, how many of those do you think were actually against Trump? 
probably 90%. Yeah, I was going to say more than half. I don't know if it's 90. Uh, that would shock me a little bit because, you know, Democrats are going to vote for the Democrat. I think he would get at least 30% of them. But I think somewhere around half would have been for Biden and the other half against Trump. Now, Trump's vote was for Trump. 35 seconds, closing comment. Well, I think uh, everything that Trump has said in the past is coming true. Uh, people, you know, deride him, but if you look at his policy statements, his opinions on things, everything's coming true, and the Democrats can't admit it. Kirk, great to be with you. Have a wonderful day. Best to Nancy. Yep. Thanks, Harry. Appreciate it. You know it. Appreciate you. It's time to run for just a little bit. That is Kirk Conover until next week, Tuesday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour. When we come back, Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters. Dr. Newkirk for half of the 9 o'clock hour and then much earned, much needed, wide open forum for the second half of the 9 o'clock hour. This is Early in the Morning on WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. Welcome back. Chuck Malamut is here. The following program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast, subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck, the time is yours. Welcome. Good morning, Harry. How, hey. are, how are you today? Very well, thank you. How are your Yankees doing? Good. <clears throat> uh, one game out of first place. There you go. All right. Let's see. And, and your Phillies? I don't follow them. I don't know what their record is. <laughs> so why don't we get started here, Harry? We won't talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers, okay? We'll save that for another day. Um, but if we kind of take a look at last week, again, a holiday-shortened week, we were off for Good Friday and probably probably just as well because it was not a great week for, for, um, for the markets. U.S. equities were lower last week. Uh, the S&P was down 2%. Small caps were actually higher, believe it or not. And, you know, th there were a number of bullish points that were made during the week, Harry, but it didn't get much much traction. I mean, there's a lot of analysts and strategists talking about we hit peak inflation, uh, better supply chain trends, and, and the consumer being very, very resilient. But in spite of all that, um, again, those, those positions were actually overshadowed, Harry, by the fear – around inflation, uh, about supply chains, and about geo geopolitics. I mean, I mean, you talked in the last hour, and, and we, we're not going to talk about it this hour, but, you know, but you, uh, you know, look at the political scene here <laughs> and throughout the rest of the world. It's, it's everywhere. So 
the best performing sectors and the only positive ones uh, for last week were materials, uh, industrials, and energy. They were up less than 1% um, and, and consumer staples. The worst performers, as you would expect, as interest rates increase, uh, were technology down about 4%, uh, communication services down about 3%. And healthcare, which is rather rather defensive sector, was actually down about three percent for the week. So that's pretty much you know how we ended the week. And and you can't get away from CPI. It is it is absolutely everywhere. Mm. And you know in in March, U.S. headline uh, CPI inflation. Harry, when I say this and it rolls off my 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 tongue and, and you and you just cringe with Harry we we have surged to a 40-year high mm-hmm. I mean can you ever imagine that we would be where we are today uh, there are many Americans probably half the country I think the average age in America is 36 uh, the half the country has never endured something like this never experienced it they have not in sidebar conversation Mike and I have spent a lot of time looking for long tenured fixed income managers that have battled through uh these inflationary times you know that have been around uh in not you know you don't want to hire someone that's only been in running you know running fixed income for the last 10 or 15 years during the best of times yeah so that's a good point um so, so you know, core inflation did did decline somewhat, Harry, three tenths of one percent. Well, yeah, month you take out month. energy, you take out food, you and, get and, amazing and, things can happen, and, Chuck. And Harry, that was the lowest uh, lowest in September. If they brag about that, that's at their peril. Well, the, here's so here's where we are. I I, I mean, there's a. You know what I mean by that? I, I, I don't know, mean. I know. Who, I don't mean yeah, you. I know exactly who they is. So, Harry. A, a lot of strategists were saying that we hit peak inflation. And then we're not going to know this, obviously, until next month at this But time. they're the same geniuses that said that inflation was, was transitory. transitory. Correct. But, but the, the word on the street, Harry, is that you're going to probably see inflation by the end of this year be around 4%. Wow. Yeah, so we have a we have a pretty. When you big, say the end of this year, you mean December. So, are you thinking that even by November eighth, that it will be substantially down by from eight point five to way below that? I mean, because then look, look, if they can say it was eight point five percent, but our policies are working, it's now four, it's now five, whatever. I mean, if it's going to be in half, if it's going to be four by December, it, it's not all going to happen. In, in a week. So if it's going to be down in half or more or better by then, that would mean by the November election, it will be marketedly improved. So expectations, like I said, did we hit the top last the month? We're, you know, last month, uh, a lot are saying that we'll get there mid-year. Maybe we move a little bit higher, but by, yes, but by the end of the year, ex- expectations are that inflation We'll get to you know roughly that um, that four percent number. Staying on inflation, past this prologue, what do we yield? What do we learn? Let me take the word yield out because it's confusing when we're talking financial matters. What do we learn from looking back, Harry? You know, you you said it just a few minutes ago about uh, about half the population never experiencing mm-hmm. anything like this. 
So think about, I mean, remember the days, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners remember the, um, the odd and even days at the at the pump. Yeah, uh, lived it. So where, did you. you know, you could, I mean, gas was, you, know, you couldn't get it to begin with, and it was terribly expensive. But for so 1973 to 1981, there's nine years, you know, inflation is as, as using the consumer price index averaged about 9.2% a year, 9.2% a year, Harry. That's why they created the term malaise. And then for the nine, the nine years that we just basically ended, to, for nine years. By the way, do you agree or disagree the American people would not tolerate nine years well, now? Here, well, here. So, it's a different so, world yeah, but now. For, but, but, Go ahead. Let's look at the nine years from 2012 to 2020. Inflation averaged 1.6% per yeah. year. So – we, as a country, have never—not that we have never experienced it—but <clears throat> to go from one point six to eight and a half after a I, decade I of mean, peace, if you will, and 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 just recently, I mean, the immediate past president left America with a, like one to one and a half percent. Yeah, inflation. And, so, and so when you look at at CPI again, up eight and a half percent year over year, and that was ending just the end of March. Harry, that's more inflation than we experienced over the cumulative four years, 2017 to 2020, when CPI advanced less than 8% over the entire four years. Let's get our first break in. When we come back, Chuck is going to talk about what is the mood uh, right now in America. You can imagine uh, based upon, and we're, we're approaching it from an inflationary point of view, but a wild card question that Kirk left us with for your arrival. He's been noticing that a lot of companies are exceeding their earnings per share projections, yet their stock prices are going down. Is that, What is that? I think that you have, again, um, the, you know, the, the forward-looking statements. And can companies, if they haven't, do they have the ability to pass on this inflation to the end product, to the consumer? And I think that's what a lot of companies are faced with right now. Yeah, I agree. Good answer. We'll be back. He's Chuck Malamut. I am yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's Talk Station. Thank you very much. Welcome back. 19 minutes past the hour. Reminder for all of your financial planning needs, turn to the official, the exclusive financial consultant for the Hurley in the Morning program, financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, Chuck Malamut, 609 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. All right, so Captain Obvious here. Inflation is psychedelic. What mood does that leave the American people uh, in? S- sour and dour, I guess. Maybe the, so, Harry, a, a recent survey that was uh, completed the first week of April, condition of the U.S. economy, uh, 30 2% fairly bad, uh, 31% very bad. And the dominant reason uh, that the individuals that were surveyed were disappointed in, in, our, in our economy, the U.S. economy, inflation, rising costs of goods and services. Mm. So there you go, front and center. So, um, you know, I, I kind of tie it back into your timeline. Who knows how they end up spinning this? as you get closer to, you know, to the beginning of November. That's for sure. 
I think it's baked in. There's no spin. People know how they feel and they know why they feel how they feel. You can't hide these prices that people are paying. It's it's just unbelievable. Yeah, think about 1982. Harry, it's a long, long time ago that we haven't seen these kinds of numbers. And, you know, and, and then also last week, and it, it wasn't so bad that you had CPI, but then you had PPI. You had and let's producer, talk about that. Producer prices. I mean, so producer prices even rose even more than CPI, up 1.4% in March, and it's up 11.2% year over year. Uh, core PPI rose 1% for the month and is up 9.2% from a year ago. So, it, it, Harry, it's coming from all directions. I mean, we, and you, you talk about, you know, the markets, you know, having a tough time, you know, regaining its footing or some traction. You have this, I mean, it's, you know, front and center, you know, wherever you go, just the cost of goods and services. But you have that, you're sort of in a negative spin cycle, yeah, where you go from you know from CPI to PPI to energy to food prices to the war to the supply chain. I mean, it just it's the list of like ten uh, to the two and tens versus the five and thirties. That being the inversion of the yield curve. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I know why this next item is on the agenda. It should be on the agenda, but for me, it's meaningless. Because when you have 4 million people that just drop out of the workforce and have could work but don't choose to work, I think the weekly jobless claims has become insignificant since the pandemic. So that number, actually, Harry, we were, we were moving each and every week, uh, you know, uh, with a lower number, which is obviously, you know, better. But, the, but last week, the, the weekly jobless claims number actually increased by 18,000. Wow. Uh, but remains at 50-year lows at about 185,000. Uh, continuing claims, which fell about 48,000, uh, to about 1.5 million people that are not working right now, also at 50-year lows. Tell your listeners about compensation. Well, you know, one of the things we've talked about, Harry, again, was the cost of goods and services and, 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 and wages. So, so right now, you know, compensation uh, growth appears to be trending at around 6%. Uh, you know, with, with productivity at around 2%, it suggests that what they refer to as trend inflation should be running at about 4%. So, again, it's, the, as, you, as you, the question that Kirk asked, it's, just, it's more expensive you know, to hire and train. And it's certainly, you always, you you know, it's the employee, you know, has a much better role or position, we'll call it, heads up, uh, more favorable to the employee than is the employer right now. I agree with that. However, even if you're making four or 5% more, if you're paying eight and a half percent more, you are losing, and it's my understanding, some of the numbers I've been reading, Chuck, the average person, I'm talking about low middle income wage earners, are paying $6,000 a year more for stuff. That's yeah, that's a tax increase. Well, I mean, we, we talked about it just the other day, uh, the, the cost of, of a mortgage. Yeah. Uh, with rates you know, pushing and going over five or close to it, it runs about ninety-two dollars per hundred thousand 
that you borrow per month. Mm. So think about if you have a $400,000 mortgage, you know, uh, you have about $400 more per month mm. just in housing. It's 4800 right Doesn't there. Doesn't include real year. estate taxes. Yeah. Ouch. Retail sales. How are so we doing? Here, so here's a good point. I mean, we always talked about the consumer, and the consumer still seems to be pretty resilient here. The, the consu- retail sales, Harry, are, are now in line with the most recent estimates. Uh, uh, and, and consumer spending seems to be rather robust at this point in time. But I, I guess at what point in time does the consumer actually put the brakes on? I, 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 it's not, I mean, and, and I think when that happens, I mean, Harry, one, does it happen? Uh, because you know, you- I think things are different now. It might not happen. Things that used to be you could predict because, well, this when this happens, this is just a byproduct of that. Who knows? We don't know yet. We don't know because, as, as we talked about, the number of people that are not working, what, 1.5 1. 1, 1. million. Mm-hmm. And I, I think chances are, and again, I don't know the exact percentages, but how many people, you know, uh, cannot work that are that are collecting unemployment. I mean, you have to kind of take that out of the number. So, Harry, how many people are there right now that could be working and should be working is the question. And and with this many jobs being available, the consumer I think will continue to spend. Um, you're you're going to see. Again, some improvement in the supply chain. I don't know, Harry, if you noticed, but you, the cost of used cars yes. is now starting to come down a little bit. Uh, the month of March, um, I believe, new car, uh, new car production, one of the best months that we've seen in a long time. So maybe things are starting to break. Well, now. I'll tell you what else I've noticed. Amazon is now delivering within one to two days. Chuck, this is crazy. I ordered something yesterday. For Amazon that was guaranteed in a day, I walked out my front door. It had been delivered last night. It got delivered within hours. Yeah, they don't so, stop. They don't stop. But they, but they did have a period in time where they were also broken, uh, and things were not arriving. You would constantly get told your stuff will be there in two days if you have the Amazon Prime. But then invariably, it would say your package is delayed, and they were having a lot of problems. In, in fulfillment, but they've they have fixed it. They have, they have fixed it. And Harry, you know, um, I know not this is not not on our agenda today, but talking about fixing it, it looks like the the airlines, as much as I mean, book the capacity and can't get on a flight is terribly expensive. I think everyone now has the ability to be maskless. I mean. That was yesterday. It was and it, I heard. I don't know if you heard the uh, pilot actually announced to the plane. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, it's a fantastic thing, and and then there was a round of applause when a stewardess took her mask off. This was a, a really big deal in real time when it was happening. It appears that the the president is not the Biden administration will not appeal the decision. And I mean, you can't say the pandemic's over, therefore you can end Title Forty Two. Again, this is not politics on the Malamut show. This is just this is real real world. You can't say that the, the that the pandemic is over and that we're endemic, and then you end Title Forty Two 
because it's over and at the same time say we're going to keep masks on because it's not over. So the judge just said, you, you know, you basically you, you can't you can't continue with this. You're breaking the law. There's no justification for it. And so um, now what remains to be seen, though, will individual companies make policies that's different than a federal mandate? Well, most of the airlines that I, that, uh, I saw yesterday did, in fact, um, say, OK, we're, we're, you can be maskless if they, you want. I, I, I agree. I heard it in real time. Now, here, see, here's where we get to the, where I like it, though. We'll do this right till the bottom of the break, bottom of the hour break. I don't mind. You know, people have now seen what Japan and other countries have done for decades, and that is, you know, some people wear masks no matter what. If you go on a plane and you feel like you're just a little uncomfortable and you want to put a mask on and you make your own decision to do that, I'm fine with that. No problem. No no harm, no foul. It's fine. But if you don't want to wear one, you don't have to do you. that either. That's on you too. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think we're right where we need to be. If someone has is immune compromised or isn't feeling well or just feels safer wearing the mask, hey, wear the mask. I think it's going to relieve uh, you know, a lot of stress. You, knowing you, you won't be wearing a mask on a plane. You only wore it because you had to, correct? I'm not planning on wearing a mask. For... The other thing, and I, I believe it, I believe since uh, COVID-19 that these planes are like 99.9 infinity, we, very we, clean uh, air. Harry, we talked about this on multiple occasions. Filtration you would never see. How how many people did you hear that came off of a plane in the height of COVID and contracted COVID? I'm holding up for the television viewers the big fat zero to Chuck. I didn't hear one person get it on a plane. Correct. I heard the same zero. Which means that they've done a really good job disinfecting the planes in between every use of it for the next um, group that would come on. And also, they have really ramped up their filtration systems to where they're very, very safe. Chuck, we'll be right back again for all of your financial planning needs. Turn to the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, Chuck Malamut, 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. And by the way, Chuck, in early May, let's say around like um, May 6th, would you keep happy thoughts that the planes are also running on time. <laughs> I want to get back to where you can actually depend. Harry, I'll go to the airport for you. Will make, you? Make sure. Thank yeah. you, Chuck. You come with us. All right, we'll be right back. He's Chuck Malamut. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's 31 minutes past the hour. I was busy talking to Chuck Malamut, full disclosure, listening to the music. We have three great stories that you can follow right now. Amazon employees filing for union representation. Meet gentleman Joe Girallo and Johnson's Popcorn since 1940. That and more. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. With last night's wet and windy weather getting out of the way, our weather will be much quieter and more seasonable for the rest of the week. Lots of sunshine for today. It'll still be breezy with a high of 55. Clear tonight, low of 37. And then more sunshine for the rest of the week. 60 Wednesday and Thursday, near 70 by Friday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back on South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All because of you and we know it. We're visiting with Chuck Malamut. He is talking all about your financial matters well, this this is rather, I think, obvious that <laughs> the R word is front and center. A lot of speculation about recession, isn't there? So, Harry, what comes after inflation? Recession. Recession. Is that is that a hundred percent of the no, time? No, it's, it, it, it's not, Harry. So, this you know, recession speculation remains rampant. I mean, it you can't get into a conversation without talking about the potential of a recession and and you know if you analyze and look at all the cross currents that are out there harry uh a recession in 2022 is highly unlikely highly unlikely however however there is a probability that we could get to a recession in 2023 i don't like that because then the new government will get blamed for it as opposed to the government that delivered it i don't want it at all but i don't i don't like the sounds of that but i suspect you're correct about it so one of the precursors of of a recession is looking at the inversion of the yield curve and and and, the, and what that basically means is the the yield curve inverted in in early march harry and that's the meaning that the 10 the two-year treasury note yield was higher than a 10-year treasury note. Now, that spread has now widened back out to about 40 basis points or almost, you know, 0.4%, which is probably the, it doesn't sound like it's a lot, but but what it, it is, what we're looking at, at least from historical standards, you know, the 10-year the now is a close to, you know, 2.86%. It doesn't sound like it's it's high, you know, historically speaking. But think about where we've come from, you know, from December of 2018. The, that yield is now up nine out of the last 11 trading days. Uh, and as, you know, people are selling long-term bonds and pushing, you know, pushing rates higher. So that actually, as crazy as it sounds, Harry, that helps put the yield curve, you know, back to a more normalized, in this case, about about 40 basis points. And not and inverted. Correct. So, you know, again, a, a yield curve that's moved, that has a downward slope uh, has been a strong predictor of, of a recession on the horizon. Um, in normal times, investors want higher yields to lend for longer periods of time unless we're more worried about the immediate future. So it looks like the curve being inverted, again, you know, and, and, and again, 
the media, if you talk about this negative news cycle, they're going to grab a story and they're going to and they're going to talk it and talk it and talk it to death. Yeah. And they'll put it on the sidelines. It'll bring it back when they want to bring it back. And again, that two to 10 year inversion was all over the news and went on forever and ever. And I know that. And they didn't even know what they were talking about. They just. Well, they don't have any. They, they blabbed words because it was to them interesting that, you know, a short term and long term instrument would be would be flipped the way that it was. But they didn't understand what it meant and, and the impact that it can have. This is something that is very deserved to be talked about by you on the Malamut show. And that is how well the stock market has held up. I know when people see every day seems like it's red, but when you consider how the stock market performed during the pandemic, I thought that was extraordinary. And and I think we can continue that 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 same commentary here and now. What are your thoughts relative to how the stock market has held up? So think about this, Harry, for a second. Big increase in inflation. Right. Uh, more hawkish Fed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Fed Chairman or Fed President Bullard was out yesterday and, again, banging the table. He wants 50 basis points at every meeting at a minimum until you get to 3.5%. And he wants to be there before before year end. So a hawkish, very hawkish Fed, rising interest rates, and the war. All right? So you kind of mix all that up. It's not a, it's not a, a great formula. But on the flip side, you know, what's happening, you, got, you have plenty of uh, liquidity. Uh, right now on the Fed balance sheet and on consumer balance sheets, you have, you know, relatively safe haven here in our country versus being, you know, outside the U.S. You still have, we're in, we're in the throes of earnings season. We'll get to that a little bit later today, hopefully. You have decent revenue growth and decent profit margins. Um, and again, TINA, T-I-N-A, there is no other alternative. And so you kind of put it all together uh, now, the stock market for the month of April, Harry, we, if you remember, a couple weeks ago, we went out and told your listeners that April historically has been the best month of the year for the stock market. Uh, so far this April, that is not held true to form. Uh, we're down, I think I, at last I looked this morning, it was down about 6% for the month of April all into itself, that being I think it was the NASDAQ. So, uh, you know, you think about January, February, March, and now April, I mean, Investors are getting, you know, terribly anxious right now and looking for some winners here in the heap of, 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 of a lot of losers. Good stuff. You are listening to Chuck Malamut. For all of your financial planning needs, call 609-383-2010 if I've inspired you to call. A reminder, please, if you would remember to tell Chuck that, 609-383-2010 that early in the morning sent you to Chuck Malamut for all of your financial planning needs. 609-383-2010, Chuck Malamut, the man who has perfected his concept of total asset management coupled with the all-important asset allocation. When we come back, you have heard Chuck Malamut for 30 years on his show tell you about the impact of one penny on the price of a gallon of gasoline. When we come back... Chuck is going to cover what 10 cents means at the pump and to the economy when we come back in just a few minutes with Chuck Malamut. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. 
Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. We continue with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters. Chuck Malamut, our official exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, 609-383-2010 for all of your financial planning needs. And you're listening this morning to WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. So, Chuck, I know what a penny means. Um, what does 10 cents increase at the pump Well, we mean? used to say a penny was a penny was a, a billion, yeah. correct? Yeah. So now, actually, a dime or 10 cents is actually 11. Wow. 11. So wow. every 10 cent increase is in, in the price of gas... Uh, can, you know, the gas cost consumers it combined $11 billion or more over the course of the year comes out of the, you know, comes out of the consumer. That's huge. Uh, and this was recently done by Moody's Analyticals, uh, this analysis they did. And so, so this is many tens of billions with how high <laughs> the, I mean, we're paying uh, well beyond a dollar plus more than we should. So you think about, we you know. That's a hundred we billion. Like two something a year to a year ago and yeah yeah i mean it's 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 this you know this insidious tax harry that right. we all are paying it doesn't and it, it's it really doesn't matter and on top of it being a tax though it also takes spending that would take place and then that hurts your local businesses yeah so it's uh look harry i don't care where you go and what you do you can't get away from it it's 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 really unfortunate and, and um you know we talk about the problems we have here you know in our in our country uh you know think about what's happened of of late with um all the lockdowns let me make a comment about china for a quick second i just learned this yesterday i knew they were doing lockdowns i found out yesterday they locked down 25 million people in their country they did. with no food and water they did this is crazy you could not go outside to walk your animal this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, so what, what is happening is that, you know, global oil demand is probably going to slow, Harry, as we work through the rest of this year uh, as a result of these ongoing lockdowns that we've seen in China. Um, you know, demand, demand for fuel has decreased in China. Factories are shut down. Air travel is being curtailed in in. Um, in parts of their country because of the surge in COVID-19 cases. Uh, Chinese crude oil, actually, Harry, their imports declined 14% in March Mm. um, because of the mobility issues. You couldn't get around. And um, it it looks right now the the government really is not planning, Harry, on... On relaxing um, a lot of, of of a lot of what's going on, um, you know they have a zero COVID policy, despite this anger, this public anger in Shanghai. And um, I, I mean, what what as a citizen, what can you do? Well, they've done a lot wrong. First of all, they have a garbage vaccine, so they didn't use Pfizer, Moderna, or J and J. Even they've got a garbage vaccine, and they're in a lot of trouble right now. They are. They are for sure. I mean, um, your favorite topic, Russia. Yeah. And we've talked about this a, a, oh, couple, you've been, you've a been, couple of times. You've been all over this. So, and I didn't know this term specifically, but I said when you have the means to pay, but the system is up against you, 
and because of your conduct, I mean, I'm not, I'm not defending. Uh, I like that they're getting crushed right now. But this term selective default, which is crazy because they can pay it, but no but, one will let so, them pay so, it. So here's what happened. Last, last week, Harry, S&P Global uh, re- reduced their Russians foreign currency debt rating to, quote, unquote, selective <laughs> default, end of quote. Uh, after the Russian government did make their coupon and principal payments on two dollar-denominated sovereign bonds, they made it. They paid it in rubles because of the sanctions that are put in. You couldn't make those payments in, in U.S. dollars. So, so the credit agency said that although the default could be remedied within the 30-day grace period allowed under the terms and conditions of the bond covenants, it didn't expect that investors are going to be able to convert the ruble payments back into dollars, equivalent to the original amount that was due. Um, in the meantime, what, what's going to happen is that this will create a default um, that we've never, ever seen before. It's obviously- And their whole standing, credit standing and so on, they're just going to get hammered. They will. And they they should. Absolutely. For what they've done, they should. Uh, First quarter earnings news. So, Harry, they're coming fast and furious. And we started middle of of last week with a lot of the big banks and uh, a little lumpy with some, uh, some better than others. Uh, Mostly making it, though? Mostly making it, but, but not making it by a ton. And what has happened right now, we've, we've seen about 10 to 12 percent of the constituents that make up the S&P 500. They have reported their first quarter 2021 earnings. Uh, now, the, the, what is referred to as blended earnings per share, Harry, and that combines reported data with estimates that have yet to report, shows that earnings growth will run at about a 5.2 percent increase while sales are up about 10.9% compared with the same quarter a year ago. Now, you would, if you stopped right there, you would say, okay, uh, game on, everything is great. However, Harry, think about the earnings growth that we had. It slowed, it has slowed dramatically from the nearly 30% plus reported in the f- increase that we had in the fourth quarter of 2021. Mm. So, I mean, we're up. I mean, and the market is the market is taking it, you know, taking taking it on the chin as a result of these earnings, inflation, recession talks, inversion yield curve. Uh, I can go on and on and on. Chuck, we used to hear something a lot about defined benefit plans. Why don't we hear about them? We anymore? don't because they're not around. I mean, D- DB plans or you know, defined benefit plans, four hundred one k plans, or what we call DC, defined contribution plans. You know, s- think about this, Harry. Sixty percent of the Americans that were born in our country, uh, in way back before you and I, in nineteen forty three, sixty percent of those people were employed by companies that provided some sort of D- DB, defined benefit pension plan. Right now, uh, and that was sixty percent, Harry. Sixty six zero. Right now, 6% of American workers born in 1964. When were you born, Harry? 1960. All right. So 6% of American workers born in 1964 employed by companies um, that provided a DB plan. So think about it. You go from 60% to 06, 6%. Quick sidebar, Chuck. You know how you go on those um, 
I, who knows? You're applying for a credit card, maybe. Fortunately, I haven't had to do any of that lately. But it, you go on those things and you spin the wheel thing on your on your phone to get to the year. Right. <laughs> it used to be my year used to be very short to get to it. Now I feel like I'm spinning that sucker for days. <laughs> Something happened, Chuck. Well, Harry, a lot let, of years let, happened. Well, listen, uh, <laughs> put in context. I, I mean, look. I, now think, I go. But I have to go farther than you, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> so it's, not by much. <laughs> Time is yours. <laughs> so, so, Harry, I know you always like to talk about politics, and uh, you know the old expression "fuzzy math" or "funny math." Um, you, you know, back. At the end of March, the White House uh, released their 10-year budget projection. And, Harry, I, I, you look at this and, and you say, what is going on here? I mean, yeah. you, you know, the, the, the Biden administration claimed that, Harry, their budget reduces deficits by more than $1 trillion, $1 trillion over the next 10 years. Okay, but you know but, what that you know what that is, right, though, don't well, you? I went and did my homework. Right, but but here, but here. So in so in reality, that's that we're not spending pandemic money right, that we spent. Right, but but in, going but, forward, so it was a hundred fifty three page report, Harry. That was that was released. It has deficits of fourteen point four trillion over the next ten fiscal years. Um, so how how do you? I don't get it. How do you make up this one trillion over the next ten years when you're running? A fourteen trillion dollar deficit. You don't over ten years. It you doesn't. Don't. No, what they did is they're not spending a trillion dollars that they spent during uh, the pandemic for two years, and this is their their trillion dollar savings because they're not spending what they don't have to spend because the cause isn't there to spend it. I want to get it. I want to get to this. We have one minute. I wish we had two or three student loans. There is something afoot right now. There is a lot of pressure being brought to bear on President Biden by his fellow uh, political party members to forgive all student debt, not ten thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, your favorite. All fa- yes, student so debt. your favorite topic. I mean, we talked about this. Let me last tell you something. Week. If they do that two months before the election, that would matter. That would be a game, Harry. That would be a game changer. So, so federal student loans suspended uh, for six months again. By, by the CARES Act. And, they, you know, this was done uh, initially back in 2020. So Trump and Biden have extended the original end date six times. Six times. Now it's soon to be soon to be probably seven. Most recently was done in the beginning of April, April 6th. The suspension's good till August 31st. So you wrote this chapter last week and you close the book on and you say, well, if we're already at the end of August, so we know we're going to get another one. It's got to be. There's no way they're going to make people make payments eight weeks before an election. Chuck, we're out of time. I can't believe it. Harry, Thank you. thanks for having me. Enjoy your week. Great job. Dr. Newkirk is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Dr. Mark Newkirk is here. Not a moment too soon. I was reading up show prepping for the great Dr. Mark Newkirk's program. And I see that ticks are already documented at a very, very substantial level. 
and we'll see if the doc um, if passes prologue does that does an early start and, and I'm even a little confused because it was 34 degrees yesterday morning and they like to come out when it's warm so it's almost like trickery going on right now it's warm and then it's cold but uh, this tick situation I I don't remember reading it in we're just past the middle of April I don't remember reading about ticks uh this early but dr newkirk's the expert he'll speak for himself dr mark newkirk is the owner the operator of newkirk family veterinarians a trusted name in pet care for pet for pets and their owners for more than four decades dr newkirk is the official and exclusive veterinarian for the hurley in the morning program and you hear dr newkirk here twice monthly talking all about your pets on the first and the third tuesday of every month from 9.05 until 9.35 to make an appointment, 609-645-2120, 609-645-2120. Doc, is what I read um, an early arrival of, of ticks, or is this about right? Well, it's actually about right, and if you remember, we also had those warm days uh, just a week or two weeks ago, and um, even in February. So the ticks, uh, once they hit that temperature, once it warms up, then they'll start coming out. Um, then they get some freezing, and we will get some kill of the ticks, but if any ticks have laid any new eggs... Uh, then those eggs are impervious to freezing. So what happens then is when it gets warm again, we have a second hatch. So it's probably going to be a, a bad tick season uh, since we are seeing this crazy weather pattern this year. What do you recommend to your listeners? What What is the, the best protocol? Well, the best thing, uh, the first thing is to remember that no matter what the package says, there's no such thing as a preventative. Nothing will keep the ticks off the dog or off the cat. You know, there's no magic box that gets magically drawn around the animal and keeps the ticks off. If you see the word prevention, you will notice that it says helps prevent Lyme disease or tick-borne diseases. And to some extent, that's true. We, for the most of the diseases, the ticks need to be attached for about 24 hours, and the newer products uh, are designed to really kill the tick before the 24 hours. So there's uh, three different ways in general to go after these guys. One is the oral uh, medication, such as NexGuard, for example. Uh, once a month, you give the dog this pill, and um, it circulates in the blood. As the tick sucks up the blood, then it gets the stuff and it dies. The other are the topicals. That would be things like Frontline or um, Advantix. Advantix. Um, these you squeeze the, the contents of a tube once a month. on The stuff disperses through the fat layers of the skin, and the, the ticks, again, biting through the fat layer, they pick that stuff up. And then the Soresto collar, we're seeing this a lot on uh, TV, for example. Um, this, uh, the product then diffuses again into the fat and into the blood, and as the ticks get on the animal, um, no matter where they are, they do not have to cross the collar. That's an old wives' tale. Um, so there are three different um, uh, types of medication. They all work pretty much about with the same effectiveness 
But again, remember, you will see ticks on the dog uh, there and or your cat. Uh, there's no such thing as a repellent. Hmm. That's, uh, that's extremely important uh, because tell your listeners if they fail to do everything they can to be, uh, and, and I agree with you, you're the expert, you can't prevent it, but you can be on top of it so that they're killed very soon after they get onto your pets. If you don't take care of this, what are the consequences? Well, here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, this whole northeast area uh, is actually the number one uh, area of the country for tick uh, diseases. You know, you might find that surprising. You might think, oh, it must be, you know, out west or something where the buffalo roam. Uh, but it's actually here in the northeast section of the United States is the highest concentration of um, tick diseases. And probably some of this has to do with population of humans and, and animals and our closeness to uh, wild areas. And, but uh, tick disease is endemic. In other words, it's here all the time uh, in in New Jersey and uh, the whole Northeast. So uh, this is carried, of course, it's not just the deer tick anymore. Uh, many other species of ticks will carry Lyme disease. We also see something called anaplasma and ehrlichiosis. And here uh, at Newkirk, when we screen our dogs for um, tick uh, for heartworm every year, we use a test that also screens for the tick diseases. Unfortunately, we find very, very few heartworm cases, but we pretty much find a tick positive case pretty much once a week. Um, the dangers with these diseases is that they pretty much are asymptomatic until some kind of damage has been done, either to the joints or uh, we see a blood count problem. Sometimes we can see kidney disease from Lyme disease, uh, for example. So uh, it's usually damage is already being done by the time they become symptomatic. And there's also a long incubation time, so that means that um, ticks that bit your dog last summer uh, and may have transmitted one of these diseases are not going to show positive for four to six months. So when we find a positive animal now and people say, well, it's been snowing and ice and, you know, where did this disease come from? Well, this is from the previous summer. Uh, so very important to start to treat this disease uh, before it starts to have symptoms on your dog. For some reason, cats seem to be fairly immune to tick diseases. Um, we're not sure why, other than it's just a different um, creature, of course. Uh, and horses, and of course, Lyme, uh, we see in humans as well. So, you know, what the dogs and people and humans have in con common that cats don't, um, you know, that's immune system and how the, the disease is supported or killed by the animal. Dr. Mark Newkirk is here. Newkirk Family Veterinarians, a trusted name in pet care for more than four decades. To make an appointment, 609-645-2120, 609-645-2120 on the web at newkirkfamilyveterinarians.com. Beyond ticks, and I know we've talked about over the years, mosquitoes, maybe a comment about that. Are there other things that folks should be thinking about now that we're in spring and soon we will be in the, in the summer months? Yeah, um, other parasites, we're going to see uh, the mosquitoes come out, and these uh, do carry heartworm. 
Uh, heartworm, as the name, name implies, are worms that live in the heart. And this is another disease like the tick diseases that is uh, very asymptomatic until the heart develops a problem. So important to check your dogs uh, and your outdoor cats uh, every year for this particular disease. Um, people don't get this, for example. So here's one that's in dogs and cats, but not people where Lyme disease can be in dogs and people and not cats. So uh, this is where your veterinarian really has to know all of his species and, and what's involved. Um, then, of course, the fleas come as the weather gets hot, and fleas around here carry tapeworm, and, of course, they can get in your house and start biting on you, etc. Mm. Most of the tick products we talked about uh, also kill the fleas. And then springtime is also when all of the parasitic worms uh, that are in the ground and in the grasses all start to hatch. And uh, this is then as your dogs are out there smelling around where uh, other dogs have been or in the summertime we get all the dogs infusing from uh, come down here with from Pennsylvania, whatever, um, spreading the feces around. Uh, this is the time for our intestinal worms to start coming back. And this is actually the main reason why dogs are not allowed on the beach in uh, the summer months because certain parasites, uh, roundworm and hookworm, for example, can actually penetrate the feet and the skin of humans and especially little children playing in the sand and actually then infect your child or you uh, with parasites. So uh, this is the big reason why dogs are not allowed on the beach in the summertime. We're going to take a brief time out. It's the only break we take during Dr. Newkirk's program, and then we'll come back strong with more important content. I want to ask you a follow-up on fleas. With the ticks, we, we, we've learned from you, and I know you've talked about fleas over the years as well, that you're not really preventing them from getting on. It's just what happens to them when you properly take care of your pet uh, and then and that they die. Uh, fleas, I think, are much the same. If you treat for fleas, the fleas get on and then they die. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about that, maybe a little bit of a deep dive, pun intended, on that. Dr. Newkirk continues all about your pets to make an appointment, 609 645 That's 609-645-2120. Dr. Newkirk is located at 3085 English Creek Avenue in Egg Harbor Township on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. You're listening to Dr. Mark Newkirk, All About Your Pets, first and third Tuesday of every month at 9.05 with her early in the morning. And this is WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you, and we know it. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. 
Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back at 22 minutes past the hour with Dr. Mark Newkirk of Newkirk Family Veterinarian, 609-645-2120 to make an appointment. And they do it all. They have everything you can imagine at Newkirk state-of-the-art treatment facilities. They have hydrotherapy. They have rehab uh, set up, laser treatment, all the traditional type of medicine you can imagine in surgery as well as dr newkirk in my estimation cornering the market uh, i've not seen anyone that that knows as much about what he calls complementary or alternative type care than dr newkirk does and he continues to um to learn each and every year by by actually going away and 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 learning from people that that have done things that that have worked and he and he brings it back home to make an appointment again 609-645-2120 so i'm not saying they're exactly the same but is it sort of the same that you have flea protection but the fleas jump on the pets and then they die quicker quick quickly because of the treatments that are done is that about right yeah, it works exactly the same uh, as the tick stuff. So again, uh, nothing prevents fleas from getting on the pet. The idea is to kill the flea before it gets in your house and starts to infest your house. So two problems uh, with the fleas, however, uh, that we don't necessarily see with the ticks is that you know the flea bites the pet, the pet bites the flea, swallows the flea, and then inside the flea are tapeworms. This is an intestinal parasite. And periodically then you might see what looks like little grains of rice in the stool, uh, which actually sometimes move. And this is the um, only worm that actually isn't contagious to other dogs. So typically if, you're, if you have, let's say, three dogs and one dog picks up a roundworm or hookworm, we're typically going to treat all three because they're in the same environment and that's how it's passed dog to dog. But fleas, uh, tapeworm rather, is carried by fleas, so that cannot go dog to dog. So it's sort of uh, like dog number one won the flea lottery uh, and uh, got the tapeworm and the other two didn't. But a big thing we'll see in dogs and cats is what's called flea allergic dermatitis, where they're actually allergic to the saliva in the flea bite. And these animals can have then very intense itching, uh, it's especially over the low back. Uh, and around the groin, and many of these uh, dogs and cats come in uh, so itchy that they have uh, scabs and sores from scratching at themselves and secondary bacterial infections. Uh, so these this presents a different problem. So you really need to be on top of your flea control uh, with these animals because literally just a few bites of fleas can uh, take these dogs and cats and drive them crazy. And then uh, typically the only thing that works for the suppression of these particular allergies uh, are uh, some of the steroid preparations. So uh, this is a big one for a lot of dogs and cats. uh, And uh, those of you who have these types of animals, you know that every year about the same time, uh, the dogs and the cats will break out in these really severe uh, skin um, itching and then infection. So the fleas can cause that problem as well. Dr. Newkirk, in terms of those who either forget, because that's why I think you do a really good job um, 
with some of the products that you talk about that takes some of this out of play where if you have to remember every single month, it's easy to forget a month, a couple of months. You can just get out of the routine as quick as you get into it. What are the ramifications if p- folks, the, the, the humans, are not properly taking care of flea and tick and all these preventions? How the, the, the pets can get very sick, can't they? Yeah, they certainly can, especially with the tick diseases and, as we mentioned, uh, the heartworm before. And uh, you're right, uh, compliance, uh, human compliance with our own medications is uh, something about like two-thirds of us take it properly. And it's about the same in veterinary medicine that about two-thirds of the owner uh, get the medications in and get them in on the proper timing. So, um, you know, it's not critical that it has to be to the day, but certainly within a few days before or a few days after your previous once a month uh, type things is, you know, the way to do it. But yes, uh, that's the other reason why we test every year. Many people say, well, why did we test it? Because he was on the heartworm medicine, for example. And then I'll say, so you finished those pills? And they'll say, no, well, we had two left over. Mm. Well, that means that you didn't give it. So then your animal is exposed, and uh, the problem, again, as we said, is that the uh, diseases, until they, till the uh, heartworm causes damage to the heart, then there are no symptoms and no signs. And so obviously this is a disease that we want to prevent uh, rather than treat. And unfortunately, with um, heartworm disease, the treatment uh, is very rough on the animal. Actually, the animals can die from the treatment. Wow. They can die from the heartworm itself. So uh, obviously very, very important to um, prevent this disease. For dogs that are full-grown, and that means their weight is stable, there's actually an injection now that's been available for a few years called ProHeart. And this is a repository injection that lasts six months. And so you don't have to worry about remembering to do the pill uh, every six months. And we send you a note and, uh, you know, you come in and you get this, the, the next dose. So this kind of takes the uh, remembering, so to speak, out of uh, trying to remember to give the medication. So as long as you come in when you get the note uh, in the mail or online, uh, then then you're okay. This is kind of another reason why we do like the Soresto collars, because one collar lasts about eight months, which around here is, is plenty of uh, time to cover our flea and tick season. So um, the easiest way then to take care of these problems, uh, one would be the Soresto collar for fleas and ticks, and then the other is the ProHeart for um, for the heartworm. Hey, Doc, follow up on collars. I, I, I think I remember this from a long, long time ago, how if you got anywhere near that, you touched it, you needed to wash your hands because it's poison. Is there any any um, danger to children or even adults that, that touch it and, and who knows, go to their mouth, go to their eyes? What about the collars and, and the humans? Yeah, the old stuff actually was true insecticide, so you had to be careful. It wasn't um, as dire as, oh, my God, I touched it and, you know, something's going to happen. But it was a precaution that we had to tell clients. 
Um, so the new collar is a completely different thing. It's not an insecticide per se. Um, so other than uh, if your child would pull it off and eat it, uh, otherwise, uh, you know, you're okay. Got it. Now, we've talked allergies, and obviously we've learned from the great Dr. Newkirk that the pets don't have allergies the way that we do. They're not coughing. They're not, you know, uh, eyes aren't itchy. You know, they're, they're, um, they're miserable, though, and they're gnawing at the skin and all these things. We can do things. Like I start my allergy medication a month before it's going to hit. I get it going. I can sort of jumpstart it. We can take other things to you know slow down or whatever help with the histamine you know that 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 drives us crazy is there anything proactive you can do or is it all reactive pet goes outside you come in and you clean and nice wet hot wet washcloth and you can give them a cowboy bath and try to get some of that pollen off is there anything proactive you can do or is it all reactive uh, that's a good question. It used to be pretty much all reactive, um, with the exception like you were saying to physically wash the pollen off, and that helps a lot and make sure you get in between the toes as well. Yeah. Um, but this is a great place for alternative medicine. We use a lot of fatty acids, a lot of Chinese herbal remedies uh, to help the skin and to help the allergies. And then uh, in the last few years, we've had uh, two medications, one called Apoquel and the other called Cytopoint, which prevent something called a T-cell, T is in Tom, a T-cell from going up. So when the allergen comes in, the T-cells rise and the T-cells create the allergic chemical. Uh, so we're sort of preventing the T-cells from going up. And so in that sense, we're trying to prevent the allergy from coming and uh, that seems to work pretty well and uh, then we have dogs with skin problems we can start being uh, proactive with shampoos with topicals uh, with Chinese herbals for example Western herbs to try to keep the skin uh, under control because there's two parts to the allergy one is the itching and then the other is the skin, which either is inflamed or it gets dried out or they have uh, scabs and sores from scratching at it. So we want to be proactive and, and help the skin as well as try to prevent the allergy. But uh, the Cytopoint uh, seems, which is what we like, it's an injection once a month. Uh, and it seems to work pretty darn well for most of the animals. And interestingly, if we find, sometimes I'll get a lot of second opinions on allergy. They're coming to look for alternative medicine, and they tell me that uh, this T-cell, these T-cells inhibitors don't work. And that, again, gives us a very high suspicion of food allergy because it does not work for food allergy. It's a different mechanism in the body. And food allergy is actually quite common, especially when we're seeing very young animals uh, starting up with allergies. Uh, we'll have some come in between a year or two years of age. There's always going to be a food allergy component with these guys. And then we have to have a, a big discussion about food allergies and, and then how to feed them. Doc, closing comments, anything you didn't get to share? And let me throw a wild card question out there. Flea, tick, mosquito season, how long does this last each year? Pretty much till first frost or second frost. 
Um, the tick season is pretty high here spring and most of the summer fleas kind of come around as once it gets hot and humid and they last all the way till first frost and mosquitoes of course when uh, here we have all these uh, rains going on so lots of puddles and stagnant water uh, so mosquitoes start coming out in may and they're pretty much here till first frost as well um, we have a lot of people in this area of course go to florida in the winter time and there you're going to have these parasites uh, all year round so you need to continue with the flea tick and heartworm uh, preventatives uh, uh, while you're down there but here uh, we generally i generally tell my clients to stop these types of medications uh, through the winter and yes once in a while we get a you know warm day in february or march but we're not going to see you know massive ticks and fleas come out uh, at that time of the year so um, i like to do as least medication as possible uh, the least number of vaccines as possible and so you know we have that discussion and and there are veterinarians who recommend it here all year round um, I have this discussion with clients, and we make that decision together, uh, as it should be. And uh, most of our animals, and they go off the medications in the wintertime. Doc, finally, and, and it's another um, uh, bonus question. The pets that are outside, and most of them are going outside. I know there's indoor pets, too, but the dogs and such going outside, if we get stung by bees or by a wasp, some people, I mean, it gets a little irritated and not much happens. Some people, it, I mean, they can die, anaphylactic shock and things like that. I imagine pets can stir up a bee's nest or just being out there, wasps sting, sting the dog or whatever. Do pets sometimes have adverse reactions to bee stings, wasp stings and things like that? Oh, uh, yeah, they sure do. Uh, typically, we're going to uh, see facial swelling. This is, of course, the dog has its face in the flower bush or whatever, and it gets stung on the face. So the, the lips will swell, the eyes, the, the membranes of the eyes will swell. Sometimes the, the gums uh, uh, will swell as well. Uh, so these can get quite severe, uh, even to the point where some dogs are having some breathing problems. So uh, it's not very common. Uh, most dogs take stings and they're okay. Uh, just like most people, you know, if you get a bee sting, you're not going to go into anaphylaxis. But some of these animals, yeah, they can. Uh, spider bite is a big one, too. Um, it's usually around the feet or, again, around the face. And, yeah, they, they can swell up pretty, pretty good. Closing comment. Anything you'd like to share in closing? Uh, well, I'll ask you a question then. Yes, uh, according, I have a little survey here then. According to the AKC American Kennel Club, who annually does their top 10 dogs by ownership, so what do you guess is the number one dog in most American households oh. as Thursday? Oh, I love this. All right, I'm going to try to think homogenous, like broad. Um these would be purebred dogs, though, not, not yes. crossbreeds. Yes, yes. No. I'm going to say, I'm pulling it out of the air, I'm going to say German Shepherd. German Shepherd is number four, number four on the hip parade. The number one and still champion who comes up pretty much uh, the last the last three, four years is the Labrador Retriever. Wow, that was going to be my second guess. 
Not so, now. Number one in the lab. Now, the thing with the Labrador Retriever that I sort of backed off, but even the, the German Shepherd, they can be very active too. Labs really like to run and go at it, don't they? Yeah, they're big, happy dogs, and uh, they're they're built for the field typically and hunting. So yeah, they're high energy dogs, but they're gentle and uh, they're you know they're great family dogs. So uh, that's the number one breed according to the American Kennel Club. If you have the list, there is another popular one. I'm going to guess maybe top three or top five golden retriever. Golden retriever is number three. I yes. know it. Golden retriever is number three. And uh, surprised me the number two dog. It's, uh, nobody, I don't. Nobody's guessed this one. The number two dog is our, our latest sort of up and coming fad dog. Is the French bulldog? Wow, who knew? That's that's the new one. That's the new fad that everybody wants now. The Frenchie. That is a cool survey, Doc, and I appreciate it. Anything else? No, you got it. We'll, we'll go over some of the other lists next time if you want. Yeah, I would love to. I, th- I think people find that very interesting, and then they kind of compare it to their own likes and, and such. That, that That's pretty interesting. I don't know why I knew that Labs and uh, and Golden Retrievers would be way up there. I thought German Shepherds would be top five as well, maybe even a little bit higher. I picked them first. Uh, what's, who is, what what, what uh, dog is second? The French Bulldog is. Oh, that's right. You said that the French Bulldog is second, and that so that is um, is that like a big jump, like from nowhere to second? Because I haven't really heard of that as like a really popular dog. Is that a fast move to get all the way up to second? Yeah, it's a fast move. Uh, Like I said, this is the new fad. Uh, They're very cute. They don't get very big, you know, 20 pounds or so, but they still uh, have that smushed-in face, so they're snorting and snoring and uh, all that. But they're, uh, they're, they're cute and lovable. Doc, it's great to visit with you. All right, sir. We'll have a great day, and we'll talk to you uh, next month. Look forward to it. And that was strong with the uh, – that was a great way to end the show. A reminder for all of our listeners, uh, just believe in what I tell you. Uh, as I always say, I don't ask you to do something I haven't already done. Dr. Newkirk is our family's official exclusive veterinarian. Of course, the official exclusive veterinarian for the program. Uh, you can reach him, 609-645-2120. You will not find better. Uh, the team is outstanding, and they have everything that you need uh, to take care of your pets and have your pets for the longest possible time that you can because they're a part of your family. 609-645-2120 to make an appointment. Remember always to do the well care uh, checkup. It's it's very important. We as humans, it's very important to get a baseline on how are we when we're feeling well so that you can compare to when something isn't doing as well. 609-645-2120 on the web at Newkirk, familyveterinarians.com. It is your turn to play next at 609-407-1450. This is Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Guest listener Michael just sent into the program digitally that he has two Frenchies. I didn't realize that they're so big. Not surprised, though. They're cool. Very cool looking and good company. I'll tell you, dogs are great.
I'm not a cat person. I'm, I'm, I'm not a cat hater. My, my wonderful son has a very cool cat named Ripley, who I believe has uh, six toes. Um, very cool cat. But I'm like a dog person. I, 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 just, I just love them. I think they're fantastic, loyal, just great company. Really, um, that bond is, is very, very special. 609-407-1450, an open phone line if you'd like to jump in. I'm not buying what I'm about to share with you, but I'm going to share it with you. I'm not buying it, though. Something about it, I just don't. I mean, I will tell you that if President Trump doesn't run, then you're going to see it's going to look like the Democrats of uh, 2020. It's going to look like a clown car. You're going to have there's not going to be enough podiums. You you won't be able to chop down enough trees to make enough podiums to put all of them. They'll have to have it'll be like a American Idol. You, you'll have to have multiple nights. On this night we'll do this many, and on this night we'll do this many. But there's some reports that Texas Governor Greg Abbott is utilizing his platform of busing illegal aliens from the border, uh, the southern border to Washington, D.C., as a potential presidential run. Again, if President Trump runs, I think you'll be surprised. I'm not going to be surprised. You might be surprised at how few Republicans actually will run. Chris Christie will run. I don't think Ron DeSantis will run if President Trump is running. He might, but I don't think he will. And maybe, maybe another one or two or so. Your upper tier Republicans know they can't beat them. So there's no reason to run. And don't forget, President Trump is very good at disqualifying people. He permanently cancels you. Jeb Bush can't run for anything ever again. He is wrecked. He is Jeb with an exclamation point. Low energy Dunsville. So I don't see Greg Abbott running against President Trump. You're going to hear these reports, and I'm telling you about them in advance. I'm not buying it. However, if President Trump, for some odd reason, I don't see it, but if for some reason he doesn't run, then you are going to see, I mean, everybody is going to be coming out. I'm not kidding you. There there will be a minimum of 20 to 30 Republicans running for the Republican nomination if President Trump doesn't run. If President Trump does run, it will be a total of five or less. And maybe, maybe much less percentage-wise if you said three as opposed to five, you get what I'm saying, percentage-wise. Small number, but large in percentage. I just don't see it. They, They know they can't win. And it's it's a kamikaze mission. What do you want to do it for? So I'm saying Governor Abbott is not eyeing a White House run right now. He may be quietly eyeing one in the event that President Trump doesn't run. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Morning. Good morning. I agree with you. Um, I believe that... Donald Trump, with every fiber of my being, that he will run. And if he runs, he will win. 
And I think that Ron DeSantis figures Trump can only serve one term. DeSantis will continue to do what he's doing in Florida, raising his profile. By the time Trump's second term ends, the American people will be begging yes. Ron DeSantis to run for uh, And I think there's a good point there. Now, it might not be as advantageous because Republicans will be at least in control of the House, maybe the House and the Senate, and it could wind up being more of a Democrat year. But I think there's a such thing as a bad run. And if you run and you get absolutely demolished, then you're finished. If you don't run when you can't win, you live to fight another day. So I think the timing is everything. For example, I think Chris Christie's best chance would have been if he would have run against Obama. He ran one cycle too late. Uh, his high water mark was before Bridgegate blew up and all that. That was unfair, but it still happened, and it, it, he, his brand blew up a little bit. Uh, it's all about timing. Bill Clinton jumped in a race where Dick Gephardt, Al Gore, and Mario Cuomo, and the rest of the upper-tier Democrats did not believe that George H.W. Bush was touchable. He was at not 89% job approval when they, you would have to decide to get in. Bill Clinton got in. He said, hey, I'll, I'll run. I'll run for next time. It's an open seat. And then he goes and, you know, they, they run that fraudulent campaign and he wins. So it's all about timing. And a lot of it's hard to predict in advance. Harry Hurley, once again, uh, proving that we were separated at birth. My next statement was going to be, that Chris Christie's time has come and gone. He missed it, and and he should have run against Obama. But he would okay. have won. He but, would have won. Mitt Romney choked. Mitt Romney should have won. He choked. That's why he's so he's such an angry man. Christie could have won that election. I know it. Well, you know, John McCain and 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 uh, Mitt Romney did the same thing, or I should say, they didn't do the same thing. And what they didn't do, they were afraid to go after Obama because they were afraid they'd be called racists. And because of that, they didn't show their medal and they lost the election vote. Now, remember, Romney, yeah, McCain just wasn't, he wasn't up for it. And he suspended his campaign and thought that was magnanimous. And he, he, dealt, he dealt with a lot. He actually dealt with Chris Christie bringing Obama here into Brigantine. And, and that just, that absolutely just sank uh, McCain because Obama looked uh, bipartisan and it was it was I understand why they did it you know it was uh, Superstorm Sandy and everything but it was devastating to McCain and then McCain suspended his campaign and it was almost like Ross Perot you know uh, without the crazy ant in the basement Craig if, if you uh, Andy if you can hold and I think we had Craig out there too if you can hold I've got to get the last break in and then we'll come back we'll have plenty of time on the other side of this with Andy Cortman, I am. Hurley in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. To you, my love, my heart, I surrender just as soon as I deal with yonder fender bender. Cause my ice cream truck is the way I make cash, so I'll buy you a ring when I lose this dress rash. Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds, but at least Progressive Commercial saves you money with personalized discounts. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I'm gonna make you so happy. Sometime next year, I hope. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. After 9-11, Ben Harrow couldn't wait to enlist in the Army. But in Afghanistan, Ben stepped on an IED while leading an anti-terrorism mission. Ben survived, but lost both of his legs above the knee, two fingers, and sustained injuries to his right forearm. Ben now lives in a smart home from the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which gave him back his independence despite his severe physical challenges. Help heroes like Ben. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And back to Andy in just a moment. This portion of Hurley in the Morning also brought to us by Ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals yes official exclusive for the program and for me personally at our home they were out about two two and a half weeks ago and we did the spring tune-up that i've been telling you about if you're not a current client so a new customer either calling 609-568-0955 or going onto the website at ambientcomfortnj.com and requesting the service, the spring tune-up, if you're a new client, $59. And treat that like spring tune-up that we saw all the Major League Baseball players have. It's really important. They clean the system. They check everything out. They make sure that everything's working and that you're going to be able to get through the summer season. If your system is on its last leg, they'll be able to tell you that, and they'll be able to discuss alternatives with you. But there's no pressure. It's a spring tune-up, and if your system is ready to go, it's just a nice way to begin the uh, the spring and summer season. Call 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955 on the web at ambientcomfortnj.com. Andy, you were saying? Uh, I, one last thing about the election, and then I want to run something past you, and I want to see what you think. Okay. So about the election. Do do you think that DeSantis would be in a better position to become president if he waits four years for Trump to finish or if he accepts a vice presidency with Trump? And the reason I'm asking you this is because we know a lot of people that hate Trump, the never Trumpers out there. Is there a possibility that as being Trump's vice president, and I hate to say this, but he gets that stench attached to him, and then he can't win on his own because he's connected with Trump. Is it better he stays on his own? This is a great question. And let me give you a few facts. In over 240 years, and it's obviously been different. It used to be the first amount of electoral votes was president the second amount you became the vice president so you didn't run together but they've been running together for many many years uh well more than a century and a half plus so here's the story no one has ever turned down the the offer to be the vice president let's start with that if trump offered say DeSantis, they played a little backdoor you know hardball hey i'm gonna run well i don't want you to run i want you to be my running mate and if he agrees to be like Bush won, ran against Reagan, and Reagan picked him anyhow. He was going to pick Ford. You may know the story. Some people do. Some people don't. Uh, and then it got crazy, and Ford wanted to be like co-president. And Reagan said, uh-uh, go make the deal with George. Uh, so George becomes from vanquished rival to VP. No one in history has turned it down. 
that that's just something for fun facts I thought I'd begin with. You could be strategic and say, look, Trump in a final term might go out psychedelic and be unpopular, and then I become Pence. I mean, look, Pence doesn't – he can't draw any traction as, as a former VP, as a presidential candidate. There's merit to that. If offered, though, I think he would take it. That's my answer to you. It might be strategic and better for him to wait, but the environment might be better as the incumbent vice president almost would be like the incumbent president running. So I would urge him to take it. If you can run on a national ticket and win, and you're one heartbeat away from being president, the single greatest path to the presidency in all of American recorded history is being the vice president. Look how many, I don't know if it's 14, there's a ton of them that have been vice presidents. The worst path is from senator to president, Obama and now Biden. But Biden, I don't give credit as being senator. He was vice president for two terms. Senators Kennedy and Obama, that's it. Uh, That's the worst path. Governor is the second best path. Uh, But yeah, if I'm DeSantis and I had the opportunity, I would take it. He doesn't have to because his national profile is significant. He could wait four years and give it a go at that point with an open seat. But he would still get blamed for a lot of whatever was going on with the Republican House, potentially a Republican Senate and a Republican president. So why not be running as an incumbent? I would take it. I agree with you because he's red hot right now, DeSantis. And as you know, four years is an eternity in politics. Anything could happen. Well, you're never the if you think about it, you're never the it thing anymore. Now, I know Reagan tried to run and he almost beat Ford and then he was able to come back because of Watergate uh, and all of that. And and Ford pardoning Nixon and Reagan was able to defeat the incumbent president. But anymore and Hillary got two shots, you know, and she wants a third. But the attention span is such you have a hot cycle that if you don't capitalize, it passes you by and the next it thing replaces you. Yep, I agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. So you always so. take it you always take it when you can get it. Because if he becomes vice president, he's got a much better chance of becoming president than if he's just running as, as either a governor or a former governor. So I'd take it. I'd, I'd take the shot and one thing that nobody complains about, the policies of Trump work. People complain about mean tweets and, you know, and and things like that. But how many Americans right now would would complain about one percent inflation and two dollar gas? Yeah. Who do you see governor of Florida if DeSantis uh, runs with Trump? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Maybe Rick. I mean, the lieutenant governor. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say lieutenant governor. I'm saying somebody marquee pops out uh maybe rick scott runs again maybe uh i don't have a maybe marco rubio runs for governor nice yeah nice nice music's playing 20 seconds closing comment uh well i like i said i agree with you i think trump runs definitely and if he runs he will win and i think the margin is going to be just Huge, as he would say. And what I would love him, what I would love him to do, if I could be Harry Hurley, life coach for my former boss, is 
Make absence, make the heart grow fonder. Less is more. He's already done it and got the job. Uh, If he doesn't make any mistakes, the American people will be clamoring to make a change after what this this group has put the American people through. It's it's been awful. Uh, Andy, thanks for a great call. I really enjoyed the back and forth. Brian Kilmeade begins right now. We will see you at 